Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Relax with Rizzoli podcast, where I'm joined by an old friend and current Praga team manager, it's Charlotte Ford. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. Anytime, anytime. So, I first met Charlotte, I think it was back in, was it 2018, I think it was, when I came, or 2019, when I came to Snetterton, if you remember that long ago, pre-COVID, that's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah we i went to snetterton um kind of had, had a little time with the team over there and charlotte was the was the team manager and um me and charlotte started talking about a few uh, opportunities and lo and behold uh, charlotte set up a small team uh, at the at the time and i think about a year later i specifically remember you did silverstone in janetta juniors um with was it kieran i think who drove for you yeah. was it kieran yeah yeah um and then you got into the carbon fiber business. Yes. And then the world shut down. <laughs> yes. Which was um yeah, not not something I think we remember. No, no, we do relook uh, we do look back on it fondly because you and me did a weekly Instagram yes, lockdown quiz. Instagram live, yes. Easter quiz, I think I remember the Easter one. Easter one, yes, I yes, I remember the Easter one as well. That was that was brilliant, was that? That, that was yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, we had we had a quite a bit quite a few people uh, come in on that, especially Steve. Uh, which Steve, was Steve. Steve. I hope he's well. I think he's he's had a few operations recently. I think, yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. He's um because obviously I've I've done a few tests with him um earlier mm-hmm. this year. So uh yeah, he's he's doing okay. Uh, he's had a few operations, but he's uh he's he's a strong strong Welshman, strong Welshman. Um, and that was brilliant. And then I think we drifted apart a little bit until yeah. now. Um, <laughs> for, first of all, though, I heard you got engaged. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas Day. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> that, that that makes that makes my heart warm up. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Was that uh, twenty one last year? Or was it? Yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> bless, bless. Oh, so first question. Okay, let's get into the podcast. So. This is going to be a new question that I ask all my guests. So get nice and comfy. Sit nice mm. and sit nice and comfy. Imagine yourself relaxing in your happy place. Yeah. Where is that, and why is that? Why is that your happy place? This is going to sound really boring. No, no, go for it. But probably just in bed, in a nice, big, comfy, fluffy, really thick duvet, just snuggled up, book. Really, really controversial. Oh, actually, a good TV series. Good TV series, a nice oh. drink, and just cozy up in bed. Whenever I'm driving home from like a race weekend or just from anywhere, really stressful or tired, just like, I can't wait to get into bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very thick duvet, just all warm and, yeah. So, pretty boring, but. Oh, no, no. So if that's your relaxing place, that's not boring at all. That's that's where you that's where you chill. That's where you chill out. With, with, with dogs helps with yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, we do. With dogs definitely. <laughs> even, helps. If, even if they do steal ninety percent of the bed. Oh, legit! Like it doesn't matter if you've got like a king size bed; they will always snuggle up next to you. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we love dogs though. We love dogs. Uh, for you that don't know. Um, Charlotte has a lovely dog that interrupted us just before, well, just before we started recording. You know just now, but you, he was out of shot, so he didn't I was see out of shot. Good old Marley. Good old Marley. He's um, an adorable, an adorable dog. An adorable dog. So, let's jump back in time a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Let's go back to your childhood. So okay. what, what was your <laughs> first memory surrounding cars and, and racing? So probably, how old was I? Well, my mum my and dad first took me to Alton Park when I was only three months old, but I can't remember wow. that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just get told the story of me, three-month-old baby in a travel co- camping out Lodge Corner at Alton Park. So I know it happened, but I don't remember it. But my first proper memory when I think back is me and my sister sat on camping chairs outside the tent where you used to be able to camp um, the straight towards Lodge Corner along that straight you could used to be able to camp along that fence and in the morning when they used to race at like you know nine nine in the morning my parents still be in bed and me and my sister would jump out of our bed in our sleeping bags into the camping chairs outside the tent <laughs> at, at the front of the trap watching I think the first thing we watched was like super bikes oh, wow. at like well, the you know the bikes at about nine in the morning yeah. and we just sat there in our sleeping bags and camping chairs at the side of the track just watching them go around so, yeah, wow. that's very Oh, so that's a very cool first memory. That is a very, very cool racing. So, who got you into racing? Was that your mum, your dad, or was it, was it someone else? Um, a bit of both. We always watched Top Gear every Sunday. That was that's a it. classic. Um, and F1. My mum yeah, was classic. a huge, huge F1 fan, Lewis Hamilton fan. So, like, I mean, like, screaming at the TV, like, right. you know, pumps at the TV, screaming. Mm. Um, so, that was a. So, yeah, Top Gear and. An F1 watching since as long as I can remember. When well, I remember when um, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, James May left BBC. I was like, oh my god, no more Sunday yeah, top yeah. Years, but it's gone. I couldn't mm. believe it. And then I did try to start watching the new one, but I never the same as it. Never got into it. No, I really didn't like the Matt LeBlanc, Roy mm. Reid, or that that was. No, that was I tried. terrible. I tried because I like Matt from Friends. So yeah. I was like, okay, I like him. And who was the athletic one? Um, uh, Chris, the racing driver. No, no, the, was he a cricketer footballer? Oh, Fr- Freddie Flintoff. Freddie. I like yeah. him. He's funny because I think he, he was in something like a league of their own or something yeah. similar like that. And yeah, yeah. I liked them both in comedian settings. Yeah. They were great. I love it. So I thought, oh, that might be all right, actually. And then it's just never the same. I mean, you just get so used to watching it for, yeah. what, eight, eight years, ten years of watching it, and then it's not, yeah. But, yeah, so, and then my dad was always wanted to be a rally driver, so we, um, it was, come learn how to take this tyre off. You never know. You never know when you have to put a tyre back on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I learned to do that from about between eight to ten years old, change wow. tyre. It was, come wow, on, get on your outside you know in on the drive um and then i went to high school and the high school actually had a karting team what <laughs> yeah you what your, your high school had a karting team yeah well i think i think it was more of because of where we were mm. um the school hired out the space to a karting team which has happened to be based at the high school but wow. they did call it tarpley Carting, which they, they're still going, still going strong, oh, um, wow. and it made it more affordable as well because you'd actually share your cart mm. with another driver. So it, and um, everybody took it in terms of taking all the carts to to each event. So it did make it a bit more, you know, money friendly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was about ten, eleven when I first did that. Did that for a few years. So yeah, so kind of all the way through really. 
<laughs> childhood is always kind of racing mad. I I cannot believe your high school had a karting team. Oh my god, I would yeah. have, oh, I would have jumped at that opportunity so bad. If I think there's a few. I think there's a few. There's a someone who's in my year. I think he still does it, and we started at the same time. So, wow. um, but yeah, he, him and his brother did it. Um, but I've, I'm pretty sure they're still going. Or oh, they definitely were before COVID anyway. Whether they carried on, I don't know. Mm. But yeah, so that's how far it can take you. And I know. I know half the karting club still going because I went back um, after we, when I started Z8 when we mm. did Silverstone to mm. go and speak to some of the you know up and coming carters and see what we could do and mm. actually went to Houston with them. Um, yeah. you know, kind Z- of Z8 Motorsport for anyone that doesn't know is the team that Charlotte set up um, yes. a few years back. I, I mentioned the small small team. Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so I actually went you know had a look at some of the drivers up there. The nose round offered um because we were going to do we we're going to try i don't know if i want to say this now um oh. we did at the time anyway mm. at one this is kind of just after covid we wanted to try and get a young driver in and when i say young i mean as young as we could possibly get yeah and break the record of having the youngest driver driver janessa jr round a track wow I think that might have changed. I think last I heard it was a twelve-year-old. I can't remember what? the exact. Because on a on a like, so if you hire Blight and Park for the day, yeah. it's private hire. Yeah. So there's no limit. There's really, no yeah. legal reasons behind it. Um. Obviously, obviously, you can insure the car. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Twelve years old. That is the age that you got to secondary. School. That means that kid just got out of primary school. Primary yeah. school. And someone stuck him in a genetic junior. Yeah. So we wanted to try and beat that mm. and make it younger. Mm. Um, and we were going to make a big sponsor day out of it because the the young driver that we had at the time lined up to do it because this was just literally for COVID. We, we planned to do it. Mm. Um, so he's not young anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and he was up and coming in the karting world. Had quite a, he had two large sponsors. So we were going to make it into a big kind of reveal day, record breaking day and yeah. have sponsors there and invite guests and people to make it a big mm. event. But unfortunately we never we never got to do it. And yeah. obviously by the time we could do it, he was no longer yeah. <laughs> young enough to beat yeah, the yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But no that that was a yeah. But yeah, so I yeah, I got involved a lot with the Carters and I actually went back and funny enough, one of the mums that was Class type of karting when I started, so that was back in two thousand and nine when I first raced. Mm. She's still there when I went back in two thousand and seventeen, eighteen. She's still there. Wow. Yeah, that is commitment. Um, it was nice, you know. It was nice going back and seeing the. Obviously, the kids are all different. Yeah. But what was also <laughs> nice is, is they they they're now inviting kids from other schools, not just Tarpley. Mm. And when I when I was there, it was only Tarpley kids. Um, so it's nice that they're getting the other schools involved and other kids involved as well. Yeah, yeah. So was that your passion for racing? Did, was that all through primary school? And, you know, did that kind of stick with you? So when when you said, um, I think you were six or seven, you were um, at Alton Park watching these superbikes go by. Did this passion mm-hmm. for motorsports stay with you all through, you know, primary school? Did you go to a lot of events and yeah the main the main reason so i i was actually born in in wigan um in oh, lancashire right. yeah um and we bought 
we used to have a tent and camp and we would go every weekend to Alton Park, no matter if it was touring cars or club racing, whatever it was, we pretty much go pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And my dad was like, my back's sore now, we need to get caravan. <laughs> so we ended up going to caravan and then we got to say, we're driving here like every weekend, why don't we just move here? Yeah. So literally pretty much 90% of the reason why we moved from Wigan to Tartley was because we were coming to Alton Park so much yeah. that we were just like, let's just move here. We're, we're here all the time anyway. We may as well move. So that's so. Yeah, it was kind of the main reason we moved. But you know, here was because of racing. It was because of, I mean, we weren't even racing. We were just spectators. You know, we were just yeah. fans, and Aww, we moved. You know, like we moved like an hour away from where we lived. Yeah, to be close to Alton Park. So I was gonna say because obviously anyone again that doesn't know so i i'll be honest that's the first time i've heard someone actually say the name ever since now i always thought it's tarpaulie i always yes. thought it's like a really really posh way of saying it but tarpaulie um yeah. but Tarpal. yeah obviously tarpaulie is where alton park is which yeah. is um for anyone that doesn't know where i did my racing license when it was absolutely wet through in a bmw m4 and that was terrifying Alton, that is for you yeah go, going up um Oh, um, uh, by the bridge before the yeah. kind of final Druid. two through it through there. <laughs> that was yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Um, but yeah, that that was brilliant. Yeah, so, yeah. I did. I did my first track day at Alton, and um, I mean, we no, did it. no surprise there. To be fair, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. If we keep it road legal, we can drive it to the track and drive it home. Exactly. As long as nothing went wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we actually booked it. My dad in time. My dad. It was on my dad's birthday, the third of December. Hmm. And we're thinking, so it was cheap, obviously, because it was in December in yeah. England. Um. So we thought, right, let's be prepared. It's going to absolutely chuck it down. You know, it's going to be horrible. It's probably not many people there. Um. We got there. It was dry all day. I think we're like the luckiest people in the world to have a dry track day in yeah. December. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Like, and you do, obviously, I don't know if you did the same for yours, but um, on the track day, obviously, because it's anybody with a driving license, not a race license, yeah. so you do six uh, kind of sighting laps with a safety car. Mm. So you do, they give you two chances because obviously if there's a lot of cars, then you can't do it all in one. So they bring out like, mm. or if you've got multiple drivers, you can both do the sighting laps. So they do one sighting laps of three mm -hmm. and then get come back in and then switch drivers and the other driver then does the other three sighting laps. Mm. And so we did that. And my dad was a bit nervous about letting me do it. Understandably, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was, how old was I? It's three, three, four years ago. I was only, I was 20. So, you know, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> one of the first times... The first I said, so let my dad have a go, kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. Um, and then he said, right, go on then. He didn't want to actually come in with me. He was a bit scared to come in yeah. with me. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, I think it was more the fact that I've coached juniors. So when you get in a car with a junior at kind of 13, mm. you kind of lose all aspects of fear. Yeah, 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 I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that combination of my dad driving like a rally driver, he yeah. kind of just people like you slide and you're like and you just kind of sit there with a blank expression on your face like as if it's just a casual drive and it's like but you've got the back end out and everybody just looks at you like why are you not scared and I'm like 
normal. No, not normal day in the office. <laughs> normal day. Um, so I think he's more scared that obviously I've seen these kids race and, and drive and, mm. and obviously I did a lot of data engineering so I know kind of yeah. the background of it. So I knew how, I, I know how a perfect lap looks on data. Mm. And I always say to people, I can tell you from, you know, the telemetry where you should be breaking, where something's wrong. Doesn't mean I can go and do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can look at graphs, I can look at lines, and I can say, oh yeah, that you know that needs to be over there, or you could do that here. Doesn't mean I can go do it. Yeah. I gave it a go, and I gave it that much of a go that I nearly ended up in the gravel at Druids on like my fifth lap. Blimey, yeah, that I, is. I gave, um... I gave my dad a bit of a heart attack in that one. He never got back in the car with me after that. Did, did he not? <laughs> No. Even to this day, no, he got he got every time I drove, he wouldn't get back in the car. Man. Oh my word! And um and then my my uncle um and my granddad Kate and my cousin came over because my uncle and my cousin live in France and they were mm. over for a week and they had nothing to do this weekend so they're like oh can we come down and you know watch and and see you both and like yeah yeah come for it so they come down and they're like oh can we come in with you like get in the car with you. And I'll say I had my helmet and stuff, but I was like, "Oh, you'll have to, you know, hire hire one." So he got one, and my my grand my uncle got in with me, and I I was just kind of doing what I know, just kind of it's almost like it's when people and drivers say you get into that zone. It is you get in, and I just completely didn't talk, just kind of got in and just drove. Like yeah. I didn't really think about anything else. And I think I don't think people realise when you drive round. I was just in like normal jeans, you know, jacket, helmet, and then you feel like you've been out for like an hour, and it's actually only been like five laps. Yeah. And you, you just feel like you've been out for ages, and it was just like, especially when you're driving. Being being a passenger is different, but when you're driving and the effort behind it, I was just like, I feel like I've been going round. I came in, and my dad was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, well, "I thought I've been out forever." He's like, "You've only done five laps." Like. <laughs> I just thought, like, it, it just felt like time had just gone. And my, and my granddad, got, my uncle got out, sorry. And he was like, anybody else want to go next? <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> shock on his face. And it, I was like, I just was driving how I drove. I didn't think I was doing anything. So we were in a little, it was, um, so the car was in a Mini Cooper, Cooper mm. S. Is that, is that the one that you've got in your drive? That one that you've got? Yeah, my dad, yeah. yeah. And he, he did all the work on that on his driveway. And, you know, he did it all. He's actually done this. He actually put some pictures up. He tried, to, I can't remember what the, what the website was called, but basically every kind of step that he did, he took pictures and he uploaded them with a little kind of wording of what, what he'd done. Yeah. And he lives on his own now, you know, um, so he lives by himself. And one of the guys actually said to him, I'm going to guess that you're single because my wife would hit the roof if she saw I was anodizing a lower wishbone in my bathtub. <laughs> That's brave. Wow. Yeah, that is brave. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally leaving it to soak in the bath. And they were like, we can tell you live alone because my wife would not let me do that in my bathtub. <laughs> oh my God. I tell you, I, your father must be quite a, a shower man because he'll just come out with like paint on him if he, if he had a bath. Yeah. Yeah. So he he um yeah, his driveway, his bathroom has tires in it. His you know (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Small house, it's got like racking, like you know, like metal racking. Yeah. And he's got too much stuff. He likes his cars. He's got like 
a driveway full of cars and bits and bobs and no shed. So it all goes in the house. It, it, it looked like one of those, um, what is it, those things in the movies where <laughs> someone, someone goes to grab a fork out of like the cutlery thing and there's there's just like pipes in there there's there's just like brake lines it's just... probably a spanner there'll be a screwdriver <laughs> yeah i think the cutlery drawer is the only drawer that actually has what it's supposed to have in it in his wow. kitchen my god yes your, your, your father is a man of cars that is that is clear to see well, he's been a mechanic since he was 16 and he's oh, now wow. in his 50s so you can imagine all the he's had he's got snap-on tools that he bought you know when he was when he was 20 and he's still got them he still uses them wow so you think 20 or you know, 30, 40 years worth of tools and and everything else. And this that, podcast yeah. isn't sponsored by Snap-on, by the way. Other brands no, are yeah. available. But um, <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, that is, that is incredible. Yeah. But yeah, so, he, um, so he's got lots of things like that. Mm, I can tell, yeah. <laughs> so uh, going back up again. Uh, yeah, so but... you, you've, you've just left primary school. You've jumped into mm-hmm. secondary school. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've kind of discussed, your passion did follow through, so this question's a little bit irrelevant. Um, but did you find other passions that you kind of wanted to do instead of racing? And, you know, what were they? Or were you just sort of like, yeah, racing, I want well, to be in racing? I found another kind of hobby through motorsport. And mm. um, I started photography. Because um, yeah. obviously when you go around on the track, obviously you've got all the media with these huge lenses. Mm. And I think... I think I was only seven or eight at that time as well. Mm. And my dad went, screw it, you know, we'll buy you a camera. Wow. So he bought me a little Canon, you know, proper camera, the, the DS, you know, is it DSL? DSLR. Yeah, DSLR, yeah. Here you go, I actually have it. I still got it. Mine's down here. I'll get mine. There you go. He bought me that. And then this is my new one. So this... Yeah, so Someone this one saying. I got because I it was similar um, type of camera, but obviously yeah. not as expensive. Yeah, um, yeah. I was about seven or eight, and I had a decent lens on it. I had like a what it was like one hundred and fifty mil lens yeah. on it. Yeah, quite yeah. a decent, especially when you're eight. Yeah, yeah, I can um, imagine. <laughs> quite a decent lens. Um, I, I won't trust myself then, with that. Never mind it. Never mind an eight. Well, my dad, I had a um, not a tripod, the the single pods. Monopod. Um, Monopod. Like that, yeah. you, could, you could buy them for the actual end of the lens rather than your camera. That's handy. Oh yeah, so that's how you do it. Um, and also, it's great for panning because you could keep it and it would stay yeah. straight throughout. Oh anyway, yeah, so... I'm jealous. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he bought me that. Um, and then obviously this tiny little girl because I'm still small now, so you know, tiny then. Um, <laughs> with this huge, what looked like huge camera. Um, and I saw the media people walk past, you know, photographers. And they, because I was a little kid, they'd come over to me and they would give me tips and advice and speak to my Aww. dad. And they'd go, "Oh, let's have a look." And I, and I, you know, turn and they go, "Oh, it's actually not, you know, it's actually quite good." Hmm. And one person one day came past, and this was again outside our tent because we were camping just on the entry into into Old Hall, hmm. uh, not Old Hall, Lodge Corner, say. Um, and he stopped, and I can't remember where he worked. But he said, he said to us, he had a contact at Auto Sport magazine, mm. and he said to my dad, take a picture of your daughter taking a picture of whatever's on track. Mm. So my dad took a picture of me with the camera taking a picture of whatever was on track, mm. and then got one of my photos to go with it. He said, send it to me with a little bit of information. 
And they, I had a little page, a little section on the page in autosport of me holding this camera. Oh. And I was like seven or eight. Oh my so God. I got, That's and through cool. that, I did photography level. So I did that. So that have, kind of, have you still got the autosport magazine, by the way? I don't know. It's on my dad's. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Got it, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I did that. So that kind of, so I then did photography in my A level. So that mm. kind of went through there. And then I did, um, I did loads of stuff when I was younger. I did so much stuff. Mm. Um, horse riding, skiing, gymnastics, dance, everything you ever think of, yeah. I tried. Um, I stuck with I stuck with dance with it. I actually did dance GCSE. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just always, it always came back to racing. I mean, just because you were always there, you were always at the track, no matter what day it was, the week after school on a Thursday, we'd go and see what was there you know it was just kind of normal yeah it became normal oh let's go see what's on today let's just go have a nose and you never know who you meet and i've met a lot of people just from going on a thursday or wednesday on the track they are because there's always people there um so and then so yeah i did my photography through that dancing that kind of thing stuck with horse riding i did for quite a while i actually worked at a riding school for a bit and doing my levels so that kind of but yeah nothing obviously those didn't really stick but it's hard to stick Mm. when all you ever do is go back to racetrack oh oh, there there he is there's marlon you see his head popped up yep Well, I'm using you, I'm using my arm to kind of keep him yeah there. yeah to go like go 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 <laughs> so well I, you're like me in a lot of ways oh sorry I'm like you um because I we both have very expensive hobbies doing like skiing racing horse riding all all that we we have the we we, we don't do things on the cheap no, um, yeah. <laughs> so um, what's what, life yeah it is yeah <laughs> uh, so what type of kid were you in school were you quite a, like shy were you you know very very sharp. I was yeah. pretty much mute until about year two. Wow. And my dad says I make up for it. Then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I used to whisper to my friends in class to ask the teacher a question for me because I didn't want to ask her. Oh. Go to the toilet or you know something. Mm. I'd whisper it to my friend and get my friend to ask the teacher for me. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, I um, yeah, I tried. I was quiet yeah, and shy. Yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just took off. You took off. Um, yeah, so... I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it was high school because I think, yeah, I was just kind of sat at the back, just kind of got on with it and yeah. you know, didn't really say anything. I think maybe when I started doing music, so I started playing guitar, writing songs, all that kind of thing. So maybe through that, I think. But I, even now, I struggle to perform just in my own house, like in front of my fiancé or my dad. I still get nervous doing that. Mm. So. Yeah, I'm finding a group of people, you know, because then there's other people to pay attention to. Yeah. So it's a bit easier. The first big thing I did talking to quite a few people was uh, Motorsport Days Live before COVID. Oh, was that in 19? Um, yes, was, before, yeah. Yeah, last before COVID, wasn't it? Are you, are, and are I you won- going to that this year, by the way? Yes. So. I'll see you there, because I'm yeah. hopefully, hopefully going to go as well. Which we say. Yeah, I, I bet you can guess who I'm going with, though. <laughs> yes, ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, so I forgot what I was talking about that. Uh, high school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, most, most of what they was like. That was it, yeah. And because Z8 was all students, if you remember, don't remember yes. rightly. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Every, every team member was a student, whether that's yeah. college, university, whatever. Um, we were all students. Even I was, or I just finished. 
phone. Mm. Um, so I went, I met um, JP, as a lot of people call him, John, John, I'm going to say his name, right? Uh, John Latham Paul, John, mm-hmm. Jonathan Paul, um, who owns Student Motorsport. Mm. And they were just taking off at the time, kind of their first, second year in it. Yeah. And I bumped into him, um, I think, at Toko around when I was doing juniors. And he invited me, him and Al, who's, um, I forget the company, Alan O'Neill, student mode. He, he also runs the formula. He's trying to create a qualification solely based on hands-on rather than like assessment work for motorsport. Oh, that is, oh, wow, I wish I did that. Oh, I yeah. really wish I it's did still, that. It's, it's still kind of in the making for him. It, it's taking a while. Uh, Alan yeah. O'Neill. Um, yeah. And with, so they invited me to most what they'd live. Mm. And I'm sat there, you know, they let us keep our stuff on my stand and, and you know, chatting. A few people had a wander around. That's why I got my first helmet. Um, well, second, if you count karting. Mm-hmm. I first yeah. got my helmet. Um, and then, so, and then literally, the, one of the JP comes around handing out these, the badges mm. with your name on it. And I jokingly went, oh, haha, where's mine? You know, because I knew it was for the, they were doing part of the, one of the talks. Mm. And I jokingly was like, oh, haha, you know, where's mine? And he goes, oh, have you not got yours? And I was like, you know, kind of, what? I was just joking. Okay. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, you're, you're, you're doing the talk with, with Alan. Like, what? There's literally half an hour before the, before the talk. Oh, as my like, God. I didn't even know what it was about. I said, what, what was it about? And funnily enough, it was um, education in motorsport. Right, yeah. Um, and there was myself and about five or six others. Yeah, so, so I think um, there was someone there from the university that does the motorsport course. National. Uh, no, no, um, something of Silverstone. It's at Silverstone, is it? No, no, no national. It's, it's online course. Oh, it's a national yes. Motorsport. Yeah, um, I know which one you mean. So, Don't know the yeah. name, but I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah there is some more. We're great advertisement, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I've mentioned um, is Snap On. That's yeah. that, that, that's the only brand. It really does look like a brand deal. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a few of us. Uh, there's a few lecturers there. I think from Bristol University, because I know they have a motorsport course there. Mm. And he said, "Well, you've had a team all of students, and you went to Mayasco, and you know, so we want you to talk about, and your whole team was students. We want you to talk about that." And I was like, half an hour before, I didn't know about this. Yeah. I just turned up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're going to go and talk about it." I was like, "I'm not a big talk. I'm like fine with people, a little, you know, the small group, but yeah. in front of people sat there to watch you, I was just like, no." Luckily, it was more of a panel thing, so it was like all six, seven of us sat together, yeah. and you kind of got questioned individually, so it wasn't too bad. Mm. So I managed that, but that was a bit for me. I was like, oh no, not too sure about this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was the kind of the biggest speaking thing, and then I think from then, I think just from being in motorsport and well, from being around it, um, you got more confident just because you've got to talk to people. Mm. <laughs> you don't yeah. really have a choice. You've got to 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 talk to parents, talk to sponsors, talk to mechanics, your team members, to get team members, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it all kind of came through there. Then obviously we kind of did our own. Then we come to the Instagram side. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier this way because I can't see people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was fun having the live comments at the same time. That oh, always made yeah. it fun. Oh, so what you mean is you just enjoyed Steve roasting me. 
and insulting me is, 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 is yeah, I think it kind of came through actually confidence came through being in motorsport and around it because you have no choice I was gonna say you've, you've been thrown in the deep end so everything else after <laughs> that becomes a lot easier <laughs> yeah um god yeah I got thrown in how did I and luckily got a chance to work at pro drive mm-hmm. so and I was in the young then I was only done my first year of college yeah and it's a two-year course I actually pulled out going back to college for the second year because I got the pro drive apprenticeship yeah um so you literally literally went straight from college straight into pro drive wow. straight into my own business mm. and covid yes and straight back the other side so mm. yeah literally just straight and I was always kind of I've done mechanicing I've done data engineering I've done coaching done social media I've done sponsorships mm. so you kind of because I didn't know when I knew I wanted to do motorsport I didn't know what exactly I wanted to go which route mm. there's so many routes you know you've got logistics you've got you know, from the from the mechanics logistics to drivers to coaching sponsorship deals marketing you've got so many different things yeah and I just didn't know which way so luckily um there was a team that let me tag along with them for a year mm. and they let me sit in on all the different jobs so I sat in the data engineering meetings I sat and watched the mechanics I worked with drivers I watched them with their nutrition coach I so I, I kind of got to see all the different roles I worked with the social media um guy you know so I got to see all the kind of roles so I did I really got into my data engineering mm-hmm. uh, I did that for about two or three years with Jordan Bird I guess yes. yeah. yeah. he taught me a thing I knew so if I do it wrong it's his fault yeah yeah um but no I love Jordan he's he's actually working with me now and, and the, he's with the um, brick car oh he's, he's the brick car data engineer for the whole I say den, data engineer I say data yeah analyst, official analyst official <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like there's something wrong with your data he's the one that will tell you oh, wow. um but yeah so John taught me everything well he I kind of I picked up basics from being with the team the first year mm. and then kind of figured it out on my own and then I, I can't remember how I came across Jordan. Mm. I think I saw his website or Facebook or something. And I, I emailed him and I said, you know, I'm looking for a bit more experience or just someone to kind of say, this is the next step or this is how you then get a bit deep into it. Mm. And he was on I then he then said, he sent me a screenshot of a, of a section of data and told me he had, it had no information it had not what track it was, not what vehicle it was, not nothing like that, what you know. And he said to me, Tell me what it is, like bike, car, what is it? And what's happened to it? Because at the end something went wrong, mm. as you could obviously tell by the data. Mm. And he said, Tell me what's happened and we'll go from there. So that's kind of his like, let's see what you actually know before I take you on. Which is yeah. fair enough. Because yeah. he said he gets he gets quite a lot of people trying to, you know, work with him because he's very good at what he does. Yeah. And I sent it the next day, the next evening. Mm. And he came back with, are you going to autosport this year? And I was like, yes. And he said, meet me there. I'll be on the aim stand. So wow. I took I took that as I passed whatever it was that he was trying to get out of me. Yeah. And um, met him at autosport. Mm-hmm. And we had, a quick, we had a few meetings. And he said, I've sent that screenshot. I'm going to sound like a real 
like snood here. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to be. I don't like no, talking no. about. No, you, you know, um, oh, no, no. He said, he said that screenshot I sent you that data. I was like, yeah, so it's really interesting. I said, I wish you'd sent me the whole thing. I wanted to know more. Hmm. And he was like, I sent. So I was in co- my first year of college at this point. So I was eighteen. Hmm. I went back to college. Yeah. Um, I did business first. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Change course. Um, <laughs> Which actually turned out all right. Um, and he said to me, I've sent that screenshot to people in university and they've not been able to tell me what it is. And I did. So he was like, that's why I'm taking you on. Like, okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, but to me, I think I have dyslexia. So thing with dyslexia is things move on pages or you see things, your eyes or your brain tells you that you're seeing something differently to what everybody else sees. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's because obviously you've got the graphs and the lines and the colours and the mm. various loads of figures on your screen. I think maybe that helps because it's easy to pick out, for me, it's easy to pick out patterns and, and anomalies. So I don't know whether that helps, but I just mm. kind of learned and watched over a year or so with being with the British GT team and whether it was that, a combination of both, I don't know, but he was genuinely shocked at what I did and I was just like, oh, right, okay. Um, so I was really humble and stuck up, I know, but it was just... Yeah, just, I know, yeah, I, I was the greatest, greatest <laughs> apprentice ever. the greatest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> just have a compliment like that by someone I was just like, thank hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of did lot, lot and lots of things. I said business, horse riding, setting up your own business, carbon yeah. fiber, composites, hmm. photography, everything. Hmm. I don't think I could have done much more. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, you can't. You've, you've had a very jam-packed life. Um, okay, so your education is done. So mm. T- talk me through about your businesses. So I know ZA was one of them, um, mm. but you, tell me more about your carbon fiber one because I, I always knew that you did that, but I never really knew much about it. Yeah, so we kind of combined Z8 with so it was Z8 Motorsport, which was the team, yeah, the race team, um, and then we had and my my dad does a lot of composites. Mm-hmm. So it was him that actually what he's like he loves carbon fiber so he wanted carbon fiber this on his mini and carbon fiber that and carbon fiber this oh why can't we have a carbon fiber that why does no one make it mm. and literally just from that it was like well let's make our own then mm. and um we then had the we sold everything under carbon wise comes under z8 motorsport because we were doing it for race cars for yeah. rally cars for so we decided to keep it on the same umbrella just to keep things easy we were going to digress and have Z8 Motorsport, like the top, and then Z8 Carbon, Z8 whatever, Z8 whatever, and keep yeah. Z8 as kind of the head, yeah. and then have different departments almost yeah, within yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't get that far because COVID. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. still going. We, we, we've made um, a Ford, I'm going to get it wrong, Ford Fiesta tailgate for cool. a gentleman. He has a team literally just the other side of Alton Park, literally just mm. the other side of the straight of mm. the start finish. Oh, wow. Um, he wanted to take it to Spa and race. I can't remember what the series was, but take the Ford over and race. Mm-hmm. And he wanted his car to be lighter, mm-hmm. but obviously still strong. Yeah. And he said someone had basically ripped out everything in the car. I mean, like wiring, carpets, the whole, everything. But he said it just looked a mess. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to get the lightweight bit, but without it looking like a mess. Yeah. So he said, can you make me a car and fiber tailgate? So we did. And... No word of lie, I think I've got a picture. I can literally hold the whole thing up with my two fingers. And it's so light. And that was 
a good amount of layers of carbon. That was about five layers of carbon. Yeah, so that's it's very strong. Because I'm, I'm I'm not sure about like carbon. Obviously, I no um carbon. I've seen a bit today actually on the on the few few of the plane nose guards um, oh, yeah. today. They they were very cool. So what? Because I this is something that I'm genuinely interested. In. Can you talk me through how? Okay, so a customer comes with you. I want this tailgate. Can you run me through the entire process of how you make it and what is included with it? So, first of all, you need a mold. So, mm-hmm. it's like like a face mold, and you make a mask of your face almost. Mm-hmm. So, we actually need the original part, and we try to find the words to describe it. Mm-hmm. You basically imagine putting it in a giant bag, like a cat, like a giant Ziploc bag. And you vac pack it, so you suck all the air out of it until you just have the part, you know, the the layers of the actual part. So say it was your phone, you'd vac, you'd you'd basically suck as much air out as you can. You want all of it out, mm. and you would have every indentation on that part, no matter if it's a scratch. That's how much it picks up from the part. Wow. Yeah. So if you've got a slight, whether it's raised or dimped in, it will pick it up. And you will have that in your mold. You can fix it out, obviously, once you've done it. But mm. so you've got to whatever it is. If it's a new part, we have to make a mold of it, and that's the most expensive part. Once you've got your mold, it's cheaper. After that, it's it's cheaper to make the part than it is to make the mold. Yeah. So we'd have to take a mold of whatever, whether it's tape or any anything, mm. phone case. You just so you basically take all the air out of it, and you put obviously resins and other types of materials in that to then create your mold hmm. um then it comes to the interesting bit so once you've got your mold it's then layering and you can layer whether it's with its carbon fiber fiberglass kevlar all kind of the same process and you've got to mix your resins and but they dry off they go off hmm. so they work best at about 21 degrees room temperature a lot if you go to big places they will have room con- uh, temperature control rooms because it's hmm. so specific we didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if it was cold in December, it was horrible. You could, it would never set. It was so difficult to work with. Summer, you'd be the opposite because it was like a tinned roof on our unit. Right, so it yeah. would become like a sauna and the yeah. resin, you literally pouring the resin onto your part with all the layers. So you get strips of the carbon fiber and you layer it basically and you're pushing it mm. like glue. So what the, the carbon fiber is almost like pieces of string, if you like it. Something you, you buy it on a roll. Like a, roll, like a roll of wrapping paper. Okay, right. And you can just cut to size or whatever. Mm. And you just layer the panel. We, we like to cut them into, depending on whatever you're making, the size of it. Like the, the tailgate, we were putting down parts, you know, bigger than, well, about half, half the size of the tailgate we managed to get in one piece. But you kind of don't want to do that because, especially if it's something that's got loads of indentations, you want to be able to push them down so it's copying exactly what you want it. Yeah. Because so especially in like a door, mm-hmm. if it's off by, you know, a mill, it yeah. could affect whether it fits or not, or whether it closes yeah. properly or not. So, yeah. you can, there's bits like that you want to make smaller bits so you can precisely dig in and and make sure it's copying exactly what it needs to. So, so you can have you've got the uh, okay, so the mold. You, you you put the mold in this bag thing. Um, yeah, we did now. You've then, as in. Um, so, so it kind of cures it when it's in the when it's in the mold in the bag. So that you basically So is you, it like a set mold in the bag? So you pour like resin so you in and then the that cup, makes it. You, you yeah. put 
you put a tailgate in the bag mm. with all mm. these liquids and doodars, okay. and you that and you suck it and you leave it for. It's about to, I've not done it in ages. Yeah. Unless it's <laughs> Other things happen. Life happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so you back bag it, yeah. and you, there's loads of tests to make sure you've got to listen to the bag. You, you look really weird when you do it because you're literally walking around this bag, listening for mm. any air gasps. Yeah. And if you find one, you have to. We're there, like squeezing it to make sure that it's all sealed. Yeah. Because these vat bags, they're not like a giant Ziploc bag. There's no zip. You, mm. It was basically two plastic sheets, and you'd get like gum tape, mm. but like squishy gum tape, like um, like Play-Doh. Yeah. And you use that to seal. So if you hadn't squished it enough and it wasn't sealing, wow. yeah. you're literally going around the entire part, making sure they're completely sealed. Mm. So sometimes it could take you a while, especially mm. when we first started. So then you vat bag it, so you vacuum all the air out of it and then you leave it and it lets all the resins do its things and creates the mold mm-hmm. the hardest part is then getting the part out of the mold because it's a bit like a cast yeah okay. your pieces in the middle and you've got all the bits around it right got you yeah 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 you undo it all and you've got to peel this mold apart mm-hmm. without breaking it right so it is like almost like a cast material at this point it's very hard so you're there with like spanners or anything to try and kind of wedge in and lift it to try and get it to come apart. Mm. And when it's something as big as a tailgate, it took a while. I can imagine, it's just yeah. It's not fragile because you didn't do just the little tiny bits of metal around the edge of the window. Yeah. They're not very big. They're not mm. very, especially on the Ford. Mm. They're not very wide. They're quite thin. Yeah. So you don't want to just kind of yank it off because it could break. And then once you've broke, if you broke your mold, you've got no, you can't make the part. Yeah. You go. You're basically treating this mold as if it's ice, as if it's glass, if it's going to break when you pull it. Yeah. You've got to separate. So then you. So then once you've taken your mold off, you then got your piece in the middle. Mm-hmm. So when we do the tailgate, you've got two sides of it. So yeah. you've got the inside of the tailgate is one mold, and the other side of the tailgate, which is the outside. So we had to carbon layer both and put them together again. Right. Okay. So you you've got like this wallpaper type. Well, you you've got this carbon fiber um, on this thing. So are you essentially cutting bits off and then pushing them into every indentation in the mold? Like um, what's the thing you do in arts and crafts? Um, with with water, you can paper mache. Oh. Okay. Oh. So you literally get bits of carbon, just lay it on oh. with the adhesive resin. So okay. you're literally getting layers and putting it, sticking them on. And then with the resin and the, and just resin, um, but the resin was so difficult because you could only make a certain amount each time. Yeah. And you're there with this resin pouring it, mm. making sure it's sticking the carbon where it needs to be. Right. And it goes off. It goes mm. hard. Yeah. So if you've not done it, by the time it goes off, it was kind of a time game when it came to summer because my dad's making literally this much resin in the cup at a time, yeah. and it goes after five minutes. And if you're doing this huge piece, yeah. you can't just pour that much resin because mm. it'll go off in five minutes and you have to make loads more. So we literally had them all measured out because there's about three different chemicals that you mix together to make the resin. Mm-hmm. And once you added the hardener, that would then make it go hard. Mm-hmm. So you, we had it all measured out so that the minute we'd finish layering up one, 
I could mix the next one, right? Carry on. Yeah. Right, next one. We literally had five in a row ready to mix. Yeah. So that as soon as he's ready to use it, it could shut on and it wasn't going off. Yeah. And that's literally what you have to do. And then it's as simple as you layer it up. You have you can have something that's one layer of carbon. You can have two layers, three layers. Obviously, the more layers you use, the more expensive it gets. Because I think the basic kind of carbon we're using uh, for a one meter square, you're looking between 23, 30 quid. Do you think if you've got for a meter square, so meter by meter oh, square? Oh actually, oh, actually, yeah, that's not too bad, yeah. But then if you've got five layers, it's like, uh, okay. one, something that's one by one meter, mm. it soon adds up. And also the, the, the difference in prices is there's so many different types of weaves that makes some stronger, some are not as strong, and there's so many details that could go on for. And you've got different colours. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just, you get you can get colours woven into the carbon. That's quite cool. That's really um, cool. So that, yeah, so once you've then laid it off and you you let it go off, mm. you then cure it in an oven. Right. You think when you've got tailgate, you need a very large oven. Yes. Yeah. We couldn't do the oven. We had to do it the old fashioned way and just had lots of heating lamps. <laughs> right. Got you. Um, there is a way to do it without an oven. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot longer. Yeah. Um, we did buy an oven in the end, so we did like like wind mirror covers. Yeah. You know, carbon wind mirrors. Um, so you then get cured, but you've got to do it over like twelve hours. So you can't just like when you put an oven, you put your food straight in at hundred degrees, whatever it is. The carbon you can't. You've got to put it in at twenty one degrees, mm. and then it's got to gradually go up. To whatever it was, because different carbon or different materials have different set temperatures. So yeah. some some would go up to ninety degrees, others would go up to one hundred twenty, and also some others, depending on what you were using, would do it at different stages. So one thing might right, you start off at twenty one, and you have to go up to fifty degrees over three hours. You have to get to ninety degrees over two hours. Or something else might be, yeah. okay, this one, we're going straight to 90 degrees over two hours. Mm. So depending on what materials you're using, also depend on how you cured it in the oven. Yeah. So, so the, these ovens are like specific, so you can put a Industrial, timer. yeah, and, industrial oh, type. Oh, it yeah. comes with a whole software program that you've got to program it on your laptop. And wow. yeah, there's loads of... It's... <laughs> Oh people think now you know why carbon's I, as soon as you started doing it, I was like now I know why carbon's expensive they're so expensive yeah yeah that's fascinating yeah, yeah, I, I've always really wanted to know the process behind that. it it's yeah. just so my dad still does it on his own he still does it by himself and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we still we sell bits here and there for that um, but now we where our unit is mm. it's on the same um, estate as a few of the race we've got a race team and a rally team right. and a historical collection wow. company yeah so and a lot of our work now has now gone over to body work but with right. it being because it's for race cars or rally cars mm. you don't need to be perfect so you could do yes. what would take a day on a road car because it needs to be perfect it could mm. take half a day because it's just going to go out to brand's hatch and car. get smashed yeah so they yeah, care. Yeah. and it gets wrapped anyway Yes, yeah, very true. So, did, did your dad do that as, as well? As long as it's kind of flat, it doesn't matter. The paint's are perfect, the primer's perfect, it's still getting wrapped. Yeah. So because we're on the same site as these other teams, it's so much easier for them because they can literally just get home tonight from brands 
which I know they will because we've got two cars at Brands this weekend that my dad does bodywork for, yeah. and I do the smashers, watch it on TV. Oh, um, yeah, ouch, yeah. <laughs> so it's like whenever my dad watches and go, that's five and quid I'll be making tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's 300 quid, there's 150 quid, there's my door. Because <laughs> yeah. um, literally he knows I'll be coming home on the truck tonight and he'll have them in the workshop tomorrow morning to fix yeah. for next time. Well, obviously, it's, I think it's the final round now, so actually yeah, it was. Is, yeah. But, um, you know, we still do, we do the C1s, we do rally cars. Uh, yeah. So, but like I said, it's it's a quicker turnover because it's actually perfect because they're just going to go out and get smashed. So, yeah. well, we'd rather not, but these are race cars after all <laughs> yeah and rally cars yeah so they're, they're even worse you think race cars are bad yes oh yeah. i can imagine yeah. i can imagine unless yeah. it's only one or two and they don't go out too often so it's not too bad yeah that's true as, as long as a rally car doesn't end up like in a ditch or around yeah. a tree then it's it's all right yeah. it's more of it needs to be unbent rather than fixed yeah needs a good hammer yeah yeah <laughs> Just I, I've seen videos of um, like rally drivers who are literally just they get out and they're just like the drivers themselves oh, yeah. like there's no guys just whacking it with hammer rally. Yeah, and then at sixty miles from your service and you've it's, got this shoe. And look, the scary thing about rallying because my college that I went to they mm. had a rally team, mm. so I've done a few rallies as well. My God, and your then... your primary school and secondary <laughs> school had a karting team. Your college has a rally team. Well, it was it was a motorsport course. So of course it had a I had a motorsport course. I did have that. I mean, to be fair, we we, we was your college um, severely underfunded for motorsport, or was yours? I think it was. It might have been, but our tutors, our teachers, were. It was their cars. Oh. So okay. they were allowed to bring their rally cars there, and they bring. We could have customer cars. Mm. So my dad was actually going to bring our mini. Mm. My college. Yeah. And because it's students, the labour's free because it's experience for the students. So the only thing you have to pay for is obviously getting the car there mm. and back yeah. and the parts. Yeah. So, um, but no, that Myosco had their own car as well, and they hired drivers to drive it. And we actually hosted. I was part of. Yeah, well, I forgot. Mm. Um, the um, forget the name of it as well. The Legends of Fire Rally. Yeah. And it was the first. It was the first road legal Northwest Rally in thirty years. Wow! And we. I was actually on the radio. I kind of forgot about that as well. Oh my God! You've you've done everything. <laughs> no, no, because um, the the university and the college course, most of us helped organise the whole thing. Yeah. We organised organize the entire rally. The, the service park was at our campus was on our car parks was in our car parks right yeah we we did the awards evening we had other trophies we did the photography did all the planning all the logistics the whole event was done by the by the university and the college course together yeah um so uh, yeah there's a lot behind that so i helped with the awards evening um we set up like they do in wrc when they go to their local wherever they go mm. they go to their local village or town don't they and they have the yeah. drive on ramp in the middle of the village and yeah. and we did that and i'm building that ramp it up forever I bet, and, yeah. built, <laughs> and then i was selling programs and so it was a whole behind it and mm. there was only me and there was three girls four girls that were helping that were on the motorsport side of it yeah and they came to myself and two other girls, and I think it was one of the northern radios, like Lancashire North or something like that. Yeah. 
um, or Radio 5. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I remember texting my nan saying, I'm on the radio at 6 o'clock tonight. Because um, they came to the college and they pre-recorded like it, so they asked us questions. Mm. I think I got like 30 seconds or 20 seconds, but yeah. better than nothing. Still, um, it's still on the radio, that's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of other things like that. Mm. So that's kind of how the... That's how I know about the rallying and there was crash. But the scary yeah. part of that was you'd have, a, say, a, a stage that was five miles long. Mm. The nearest marshal post might be a mile away. If you've crashed in between the marshal post, yeah. there's no one to tell the car, next car coming, that you're there. If you're still in the middle of the of the road, which yeah. a lot of them would have been if there's not enough, if there's not any runoff either side, because a lot of our stages were in the countryside on one you know single single track roads mm. with hedges hey high. So unless you've mm. actually gone over or through the hedge, mm. you're still blocking the stage. And how are you supposed to tell the car that's been released behind you yeah. that you're in the middle of the road? Yeah. So that was a scary thing that I. So that's why they always get out of the car. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why they have, I don't know if you've ever seen rally cars, if you've ever seen one up close and you've looked at the kit in it, they've got that OK board or SOS board. They've yeah. basically got a white board yeah. and like a folder, folder side. And on one side it says OK, and on the other side it says SOS. So if the next car drives past mm. and it says OK, they'll just keep going. If it says SOS on it, they'll keep going, but they'll stop at the next marshal post and tell the marshal the next marshal place that there's a car stuck wherever and that they need help. Right. So that's what the boards are for. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. in the back, there's usually a kit list. They have to have tire, fire extinguishers. You know, they, there's a whole kit list of what they need. Wow. So that's a scary thing that worked. I, I knew rally was rallying is obviously dangerous enough as it is. Mm. But then when you think about things like that, so you circuit race and you've got a marshal post every every corner. Yeah, and you can see pray, from multiple marshal posts the same parts of the of the track. Whereas rallying, like you said, if you're um, if there's a mile between each marshal post, if you come off in between those marshal posts, mm. they can't see you. They don't know. They'll probably know that you've not come through. Yeah. But they're not going to know if you're okay, if mm. you're, you know, bleeding or caught or can't get out or how are they they can't they have no contact to mm. the next car coming through. Mm. So they can't warn them, especially if you're still in the middle of the road or you're trying to get out. Mm. They do. I think there is a rule. I think I, I sat in a briefing once. It's quite cool. Mm. Um, and I think they do say, if I remember rightly, that if it's safe enough, one of either the driver or project will go. Will try and walk further down the, you know, the course to wave to slow them down to say yeah. that we're blocking it or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I think they do have to carry phones now. I can't remember. I know. I think they have to communicate some way now. I was going to say, I, an idea yeah, of it. Yeah, like... you know, this was like 2018, so it, it might have probably changed by now. But yeah, um, yeah or whether they have, but you know, look, you know, WRC, they do it in the middle of Wales, up a hill, up a mountain. Mm. There's really no signal. Yeah. Unless you've got proper frequency radios, yeah, which yeah. I don't think they do, then you can have a bit stuck if anything happens yeah. um so yeah you think it's a bit like i say the tt but they've got tv coverage <laughs> so, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. at least you know something kind of happen there don't you but mm. yeah it's definitely one of the scary ones is if something does happen and there's no if there's no fans there if there's no spectators because yeah. yeah, some some play i don't know i've been to the wales rally gb and we went to 
there's there's a few spectating places, but you look at the map of what the stages they do, mm. and there's not very many spectating places because of accessible. You can't you can't get to some of them because they're up a cliff or wherever, so you physically can't get there, or they don't allow you to because it's private property. Um, so you think there's only certain places spectators can get to, which yeah. is normally where there's a marshal post, there's toilets, there's something. And to be fair, sometimes there's not always toilets. I found that out the hard way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, unless there's spectators there that you know that might have sneaked through somewhere or the diehard fans that have walked up, you know, at four in the morning to get a good spot at one of the various places you can see. Yeah. That's the only other kind of saviour is if you have got fans there and they can call someone or they can help, whatever. I've seen videos on YouTube of fans pushing cars back over onto their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I've seen them. Yeah, but if you're in on your own and there's no fans, no nothing... You stuff that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, sorry, you diverted. Yeah, 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 quite badly, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, all right. Um, okay, so after COVID, or, or like during COVID, obviously the last time we spoke like this would have been during COVID. So what, what did you do after COVID? Or when the world started opening up, where has obviously, where did your life take you? Because obviously now you're at Praga. So what what happened after covid kind of lifted so just take me through like the end of 2020 21 and now obviously into 22 so <laughs> yeah. I, I was i was a normal person i mm. didn't like it i had a normal nine to five job not for you i am no i um, <laughs> i worked because the only things i actually got two jobs pretty much well one kind of during covid and one Kind of at the end because it was the only things that were open. You remember this was the only things. Yeah. The first one was a doctor's surgery, and I have no medical, nothing. Mm. Um, I think I can look up blood and guts, but wouldn't have to sort it out. No, they they had a a dispensary, a little pharmacy in mm. the in the doctor's surgery, mm. so I learned how to dispense medication basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of like you're there at seven and you could be leaving at seven. Yeah. So the shifts were horrible. And mm. now I realize when people say, if you do, if your work is what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And that properly made me realize, Oh my God, I do love what I do because mm. I was just been so lucky. I've never really not done anything that I wanted to do work wise. Yeah. I worked at a riding school. I love horses. Mm. I worked I did a year in a primary school, loved working with other young kids, you know, went into college, did motorsport, loved motorsport. Mm. So I've, I've been really lucky, a kind of a paid job. Mm. I've never, it's never not been anything that I don't like. Yeah. So I've been very lucky. I just like too many things. <laughs> yeah, same there, same with that one. <laughs> um, so I did this job and don't get me wrong, it's nice helping people and you know, you're giving people their medication, but it's just, one of those every day is the same and you do the same thing over not that i obviously have total respect for people that have jobs like that and Mm. you know that are perfectly happy then yeah but i was not happy it was Mm. just when's this over when can i go home this is horrible it was i did not enjoy it Mm. it was nice you know met nice people a nice experience yeah but uh, very, it was very nice getting an easy doctor's appointment. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure. It's just doctor. Just have a quick look. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I think I wasn't there very long, about six months, mm. and then 
I then got looked into working with children. Mm-hmm. So special educational needs, all that kind of thing, because obviously I have dyslexia. So it's very easy to work with children when you know exactly also what they're going through. Yeah. So kids that also had dyslexia, um, I could almost pick it up as well because mm-hmm. I knew what I struggled with and it turned out to be dyslexia. Yeah. So when you kind of see the same tra- tra- traits in another child, you kind of, or, you know, someone else might go, well, you've read that wrong. That's not right. Whereas I'd go, what does that, I'd say, because in, in dyslexia, basically, words can move. So something yeah. to you that says T-H-E, to them could be he, or it could be, it could have a whole word, it could have a whole letter missing completely, or it could be, the H is at the front and it's E-T and they wouldn't know how to say it because that's not a word. Mm. Instead of going, why aren't you reading that? That's wrong. I'd, I'd say, what spell it out? And I you know, I could say, because then you'd be able, if they can't see the T or they can't see the E, you know that they're not saying it because they can't read. They're saying it because they can't see it. Yeah. So it was nice to be able to do something with someone when you've been through it yourself. Yeah. And I felt like you could help more if you understand what they've been through, if yeah. what they're going through, because you've been through it yourself. Mm. And I do like kind of child psychology and all that kind of lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up working at a high school in Chester in with SEN kids. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the most, it's, yeah, it probably is, one of the most rewarding jobs you could ever do. Yeah. It's also, I say this and I've done race weekends, yeah. but it's also one of the most tiring jobs you can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Race weekend, is three four days yeah working with kids is five days a week how many weeks in a term non-stop yeah and when you have days where they love you and days where they hate you and when yeah. i mean hate you i mean will physically attack you Jesus. Is, yeah it's not because of them yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, you know their needs yeah i mean sometimes i was a little bit them but yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's very very exhausting very very hard and i didn't even do long days i was literally doing school hours so i was doing half eight to quarter past three the same as the kids yeah and you just can't just drain just like i just want to go home and sleep like i didn't want to do anything yeah. and it was i love the kids absolutely love the kids i loved it it felt like i, was, I felt like i was playing high school they treated me like i was one of them they'd yeah. come in and go oh miss come sit next to me and this is like what you've got the popular kids you know and I was not popular in high school. I was not nobody, but I just wasn't popular. Mm. So to me, it's like, oh, cool. I'm with the cool kids. You know, it's almost yeah, like yeah. I'd gone black <laughs> for seven years. And I'm just like, hey, I'm popular again. <laughs> um, or I am. Um, so it was quite fun, actually. I did enjoy it. And mm. the teachers, and you know what? It's just one of the nicest places to work. All the staff were lovely. And it was just so nice. And I do miss it, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, it was... I don't sound ungrateful now. I was very grateful that I had a job during COVID. Yeah. And kind of, well, this was kind of towards the end because we didn't have masks, so it must have been towards the end. Um, yeah, it was beginning of this year. I got it. I started last September. Yeah. No. What month are we in? Yeah. I started last September and I started at Praga in June. Mm. So I was there a term, half a term. Yeah. No, so half a year because it's two terms. Yeah. Um, 
the Christmas, September to Christmas, Christmas to summer. Got you. Um, but I absolutely loved them, and I made some really nice friends there that I still talk to now. Yeah. Um, so it was. It, I tell you, what, I'm glad I did it. I, I've worked with SCN kids before, but only kind of part time or yeah. during home hours. So they've been at school, they've now come home, they need help getting changed, having a shower, going to swimming class, you know, kind of the, the fun side of it. Yeah. Should we say? Trying to get a child that doesn't want to write, write a little essay is not fun. I can um, imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> or use a ruler. I don't want to use a ruler. I'm OCD. Mm. I, I like being, you know, you, I remember my, my exercise book at school. Everything was underlined. The date was always on that side. Mm-hmm. Titles always slap bang in the middle, and you know, always yep. in there. And then there's these kids just kind of writing like this and having lines like this. And I was just like, kind of going, oh, I just want to do it myself at that yeah. point. I'm just, Let me do it. I'll do <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> like, I actually turned away when they did it. I'm just like, I'm not going to watch you no, do it. No, can't watch it. Can't look at it. I had, I had one child that you gave them a ruler. They would still have a wonky line. I'm like, oh god, how oh, does that no. work? How oh no. I didn't know how it was possible. I'm like, you've kind of defined the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. You've literally given you a straight edge and yeah. you can't draw one. Yeah. You, you know, even if you split mm-hmm. and the line below is then straight, it wasn't even that. It was literally, yeah. I don't know how I did it. I don't want to know, but yeah. yeah. That, that, that kid was me. That kid was me. I could not <laughs> use a ruler. It's like, you, how, how much pressure do you put on the ruler while you're doing it? Because if you put too much and then you push it, then oh, it slips. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, like, it's like a full-on like, exam on like, how, how to use a ruler. Like, so... well, what, what, watching them how to use a compass was interesting. Yeah. I bet. Because you think, we, when we, I went we were back... holding a magnet underneath it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was... Oh, yeah, that oh, was... That was a good idea, actually. I should have tried that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, what you forget, as I say, everyone's on that cave-in, how obviously it affected a lot of people, mental health, school, everything like that. Yeah. I was quite lucky. I luckily I actually met my fiance just after COVID. So it was actually Aww. quite a nice thing for me. We actually yeah. went through it together. There you go. If you can get through COVID, you get married, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so no, it was but you could see it in these kids because I worked with year nine kids, which are who are thirteen going on fourteen when they first start. Yeah. They hadn't actually spent a full term at high school. And they were in year nine. Wow. So, and a lot of these kids, obviously, I work with the lower levels because a lot of them are SEN. Yeah. So, or a lot of them had some kind of struggles. So, not the most academic children. They're still clever in their own way. Mm. Trust me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You have to get away with all sorts. And I'm just sat there going, I'm not going to tell you, but that's actually quite funny. (laughs) You know, you sat there. (laughs) As a student, when I was thinking I was 15, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. But as I sat there as a 23-year-old going, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's still funny. You've got more morals, but you, you, your sense of yeah. humour is the same. So, um, I, so I sat there, and you could tell these kids, because obviously a lot of it was via Zoom, or it was up to the parents to tell the kids, have you done your work? Have you done your schoolwork today? Yeah. And they didn't have that mm-hmm. at home. So they've basically not been at school pretty much for two years. Yeah. This is like year six, learning year nine work. That's what yeah. it was like. Yeah. And you could see it. You really could. And it's the same. I did a few classes with year sevens. So technically, year four. And some of the things I saw, I won't repeat because it was just, I was gobsmacked when they couldn't even say this very simple thing. And I was just like, oh my God. 
God, it's completely wrecked these kids. Poor kids, you know, they just you basically year four learning ability into year seven. Wow. Same in year six into year nine. They've got one year till GCSEs, and they've just basically had two years off school. Wow. That and is... it was because I, I did cooking class with them. They called it home ec. Yeah. Um, so cooking, fun with SEN kids. Hot yeah. pans. That's a good good choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um and she'd actually go the teacher would go oh you, you do this in year seven you would have done this in year eight and they're going we didn't do it because they weren't there because they couldn't yeah. do it so even like basic skills like that they were basically having to do, they were doing year nine menus or you know recipes and they hadn't even done year seven or year eight recipes they probably never cooked a day in their life at home yeah. i think some of them said they never even washed up wow. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was like you don't Obviously, not being in. Obviously, I don't know if you were in school. You were out of college after during COVID, weren't you? Uh, my final year of college was college. in 2020, 2020, yeah. uh, 2020. Yeah. So yeah. that was like my motor. That was a motorsport course. I loved that college so much. But that, that's why I asked about funding earlier because ours was so underfunded. We had a 1980s Ask uh, Askham in York, Askham Bryan. I that. No, no, it's an agricultural college, so it's about like animal uh, management. That was nice. Though. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had like a That's secret like <laughs> motorsport. Yeah, we had like a secret motorsport <laughs> section for it. But um, we had like a 1980 something Van Diemen. Um, mm. and I think someone that I've met recently, I think he said it was actually like a old Formula Renault. Because uh, I could never find bodywork that matched um this, but we couldn't even we didn't have any money to put tires on it, fuel in it oil for it nothing like that we, we, we were supposed to do a hill climb in it and everything mm. Some, somebody nicked the steering wheel out of it so if when, when you need to steer it you had to get like a pair of mole grips clamp it um, on the steering yeah, rod yeah, and then yeah. like and steer then... that um you know what though we've, we've, I've, I've seen people that learn how to work on older cars or learn that kind of trick because mm. you've got I've seen this because I sound really harsh to my fiance, but he was very lucky. He went straight into working on race cars. Oh, race wow, cars wow. are so much easier to work on because yes. they're designed to come apart. Yeah. They're designed to be easy to work on. Mm. He's never worked on a normal road car where your brakes are rusty as thingy and you need mm. to learn all these tricks to be able to like just simply having interlocking your two spanners to making a long lever yeah yeah little yeah. things like that that you wouldn't need to do on a race car because yeah. you oil them, you lubricate them every time you take them off but they come off every day at race weekend so they don't need to do that yeah. so you don't need to learn that so literally little tricks that you would learn on rusty old normal road cars yeah he didn't learn because he was so lucky in the fact that he managed to get straight into working on race cars yeah so it's actually tricks like that that you know i saw him taking his brakes off his own car it took way longer than I expected. How many windows were smashed in the process? <laughs> how many? How many? Like, did you? How how many go? How many times did he go? Ah! Like when he's when he's just um, doing it. It was more. I wish I hadn't decided to come and watch you do this because I thought it was going to take half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, like, can we go now? Hurry up! This shouldn't take this long. No, bless him. But he's he's never worked on you know, cars that haven't had their brakes taken off every yeah. session yeah. so you don't know the little tricks about having to get rusty bolts off or mm. rounded off bolts because you never had to deal with it oh they're so, so fun aren't they rounded off bolts like an old yeah. rusty rounded so, off bolt yeah God. so um look at but look at my dad taught me that because that's all he ever worked on because <laughs> he yeah, worked yeah. in 
abnormal garages, mm. you know, when he was 16. So he knows all those tricks. So yeah. he taught me them. So to me, it's like, come on, get a move on. Just do that. Let's do this. Luckily, mm. my dad was actually there as well. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite funny. I just let him do it instead. I was like, I'll just sit here and go on my phone and wait for you guys to sort it out. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, I, he actually said to me do you want to come and I was like oh you know I'll spend a bit of time with you you know be nice because you don't see we don't see each other very often oh we do but racing yeah um so it's like oh yeah come on you know it's our one weekend before we've got like four race weekends in a row so I'm not going to see you now for four weeks pretty much mm. but like, yeah okay a bit of extra time um just I got to the point where I wish I just stayed in bed now <laughs> yeah it got to that point. I was like, because the whole plan was to go early so we could go back to watch the F1. Yeah. Because you know that's your priorities when you're in a motorsport relationship. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Formula One is always priority. It it used to really annoy me when we lived with my mum and stepdad. Mm. I don't think my stepdad's not. A, he likes cars and he's interested, but he's not a petrol head. Yeah. He appreciates a nice car. You know, he appreciates fine art of cars, mm-hmm. but he doesn't understand the passion because yeah. we would be there i'd i watch the whole pre-show i'm that one that wants to know everything that's going on yeah. i want to know the latest i want to know penalties I, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing i want to know it all mm-hmm. so i will if the show if the race is at three i'll be watching from half one yeah you know and and you know this morning's the first time i didn't do it because the heart the pre-show was half four oh. and i was a bit like mm, no a bit too late yeah, and well, I'm, kind of, I'm quite glad i did I'm not going to spoil it in case anybody's not seen it. I, I was going to say we'll get we'll get into that after yeah. uh, after the next few <laughs> questions because that's well, an I, interesting I, I, race. I did fall back asleep, let's put it that way, and I didn't miss mm. anything, so it was all right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't get up though. Mm. Um, so when we would sit and watch, ready to watch the start live, because you you want to watch it live, you don't want to miss it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's just what you do. You mm. don't go to a race and go, oh yeah, I'll watch it on TV later. It's fine. Mm. Anyway, and. He wasn't that bothered. He so, but he wanted to watch it. Mm. But if he had like, oh, I just need to go check something. He'd be like, it's race about to start. Like, come on, like, you can check it later. Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna pause it. I'm like, I don't want to pause it. Pause it. <laughs> like, I genuinely just cringe going, don't pause it, don't pause it, don't pause it. Because yeah. I just and then and then the best thing about now being out is we can I can watch the entire pre-show. No one can say, oh, can we just watch this for a minute? I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm watching my pre-show and you no one can say anything about it yeah. so we actually planned to go early mm. to then come back have lunch and be in time for the f1 yeah and um, let's put it this way we weren't home in time for the f1 oh god oh yeah that hurts what what race was it though? which race was it that was only a few weeks ago um it was it, was, it, was, it must have been a european one because it was in it was in the afternoon but it started at three o'clock so was that not Spa wasn't three, Spa was two. Spa was two. Uh, was it one of, the, one of the Italian ones? It might have been, yeah. I can't yeah. remember if it's now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was two weeks ago. It's about six mm. weeks ago. Mm. Um, do you know how I remember how many weeks ago it was? It was how many race weekends has it been since then? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. We had Grand Hatch, we've done Snatchdown, we've done Silverstone. So it's been, definitely been four weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, and we yeah we, we weren't back in time for the F one. Yeah, that's that hurts. That, yeah, we, just that, that take, hurt. we just have to take a trip to Chester though because it was one of those Euro car parts. Yeah, because he had he had his MOT. The reason we have to do it on Sunday, <laughs> his MOT was on the Monday because he forgot it was running out. Typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so he needed to put these new discs and pads on before his MOT on Monday. Yeah. Because he had his MOT. Mm-hmm. 
So that's all we have to do on Sunday. So he ordered these parts of Eurocar parts, and we actually had a nice day in Chester Day before we went to watch um, Chester FC mm-hmm. um, versus King's Lynn, because that's actually where he is from. So he oh. was up there, but his hometown yeah. was actually playing Chester. So it was right. weird for me, as in being in Chester for five years, six yeah. years, going to a Chester game, but going in the away section, because we were there with him supporting his home, because... Oh, I'm all big yeah. Premier League games, but I'm not mm. interested in the lower. Doesn't doesn't bother me where I switch side. I said, yeah. um, whereas he's big into his football. Mm. So we so we thought, oh, Europe car parts is right next door to the football stadium. So I thought, great, we'll pick them up and put them on the next day. Yeah. So you put his reg in, and you know it tells you which parts fit your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right So he's we're at the unit, taking his wheels off, taking the old brakes off, about to put the new ones on. Brake pads don't fit. It was a different type of Ford Fiesta. Oh. It was like yeah. one of those one-off editions that they do, and oh, the brake right. pads were slightly. Yeah, because it was. A, he he said it's the same. It was the same year mm. as his car, but there was a slightly different edition that had different brake pads. The discs were fine. Ouch. So luckily, luckily, my dad was at our unit working. Mm. So he suffers into Chester. Yeah. So that's what took up most of the time, to be fair to him. So I won't throw him in the deep end on that one. We did, yeah. although we did a great pad. But, mm. you know, um, so yeah, it was 25 minutes into Chester, 10 minutes in your car park, 25 minutes back. And then we have to do the other side. So. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, it was one side at a time. Yeah. So, which I'm quite glad for, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, so be be grateful that you've learned these skills about how yeah. to work on the steel cars because some people who are lucky enough to go straight into modern race cars mm-hmm. don't learn that. Yeah. And the only reason I learned it was from my dad. Mm. So, you know. Also say, also be thankful for the many spanners and tools of which I've broken and many things have I've broken after going, sod this, it's coming off. And you using like, um, what is it? A, um, a, 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 oh my God, what do you call it? A disc, a disc, disc cutter. Yeah. yeah, one of them. Because you're just like, yep, sod it. I'll get another bolt, and then just, yep, straight off yeah. with it. <laughs> so again, we've diverted. You and me are brilliant yeah. at doing that. Um, <laughs> so how how did the Prague opportunity come around? So I, the team that my fiance works for, mm-hmm. um, JWB Motorsport, um, they run in four championships this year. Wow, and one of them clashed with every other. Oh, God. So yep. he asked me if I would run his brick car trophy car mm-hmm. um, for the season. So this was back, obviously, in January. So I could do it around any other job because mm-hmm. it was just the weekend. Yep. So he, you know, so I get in the truck. I do just maybe call him sick on a Friday. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope they're not listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Or have a doctor's appointment. Sorry, it's gonna take all day. Yeah, so um, yeah, doctor's appointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As we know, you can get them very easily. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I mean, you can get they're very hard to come by. I mean, yes, because. Uh... Yeah. Well, no, I knew the calendar up front because I got asked the opportunity from January, so I knew the whole yeah. calendar up front. Luckily, a few oh. fell on my inset days or bank holidays, so it wasn't too bad actually. Yeah. yeah, anyway, yeah. So he asked me if I would run this trophy car for the whole season because all of the mini races, the C1 races, and the TCR races all clashed. 
with the brick car races. Yeah. So he was like, can you run this car for me for the season? Mm. So I said, yeah, of course, you know, so, um, so I did start doing brick car trophy series with, with his driver and the car. Mm. And we went to Silverstone for round three, four, early on, about three or four, mm. four, I know, mid of the season. Yeah. No, it wasn't. About May time. I was going to say, you're counting the race weekends. Uh, no, I was counting them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to work out where in the season it was. Yeah, and yeah. it was in the season, it was only round one or two. Mm. And an old friend of mine was in the paddock mm. as we were packing up on the Sunday. And I was like, oh my God, how? you know, not seeing you in like two years of COVID because obviously yeah. racing has kind of come to a bit of a close. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so I was like, oh my god, hi, what are you doing now? Because last I heard she was doing something else, and now she was here with these cars I'd never seen before. Yeah. Um, I said, like, oh, you know, how's it going? What are you up to? And she's like, oh, you know, just running these things, you know. Well, I said, oh, I've never, you know, never seen them before. What, what, what is it? Mm. What are they? And she said, oh, Prague, blah blah. And I, was, and I was thinking, you know, that'd be cool to do that, you know. And I was thinking, I knew she lived near Silverstone, so mm. there's me assuming that they were based out off and I said yeah. oh so are they, you've not got far to go home then because I was on about I'm near Alton she's near Silverstone so for me it was like two and a half hours yeah. but when she comes to Alton it's the way around she's two and a half hours and I'm ten minutes yeah. so yeah, we were yeah. kind of you know talking about that mm. and she said oh yeah these guys are based about ten minutes from Alton as well and I was like really? Mm. she was like yeah it's like I live like ten minutes from Alton where, you know where are they? I've never heard of them, never seen them. I was like, oh, just the other side of, of here, of Northwich. And I was like, I've just moved to Northwich. I had just moved to Northwich the year before. That and I was, like, this, this that's is crazy. Fate. Yeah, that's fate. Yeah, so I was like, oh my God, that's, you know, they're not far. She's like, oh, they've got a job online, you know. She's like, have a look. So she said, right, have a look. And I said, oh, I will, thank you. And, you know, the she carried on packing up and I carried packing up and we were going home. Yeah. And in the truck on the way home, I had a, you know, searched them up, um, went on the website, looked at the job, thinking, I was really hoping it wasn't kind of marketing or anything like that, because I'm like, well, it's not going to work, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't what I'm doing now, but it was still within working with the cars. Mm. So I thought there was, you know, in, in every job, there's like four or five key roles or yeah. things that you had to have had done before. Mm. I had done all of them bar one before. Mm. So I was thinking, oh, God, I hate, and I'm only, I was only young, I was only, you know, I'll say, I was only 23 when I did it. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh my God, you know, everybody else is going to apply and I've loads more experience. I'm going to know what this other thing is that I didn't know. I had to research it. I was, you know, mm. and that's so why I submitted my CV and everything. And about a week later, they emailed me saying, can you come in for an interview? Mm. So I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So normal interview process, questions, blah, blah, what have I done, blah, blah. Yeah. So, and then another week later, I get a phone call. We're at Alton Park for round two of the Praga Cup. Can you, wow. do you want to come and meet the team and meet, you know, the teams and a few of the drivers and get mm. to know people and we'll go from there? Mm. So I said, yeah, of course. Obviously, because Alton's not far from me. Mm. So I said, you know, they sort of made a ticket out and were like, you know, come down and have a chat and you can meet a few people and see how that goes, basically. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. With that. So I nipped down, met a few people, spoke to a few people. Because a lot of, I don't know if you know, Praga's main factory is still based in the Czech Republic. Right. Yeah. So 
all a lot of the the factory team come over from Czech for the race weekends. Right. So yeah. I can't meet them. Yeah. The main because they're not there. Yeah. Um. So they came over. So met the owner, met the co-owners, blah, 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 you know, the development guys, the designers, all that kind of thing. Mm. So met all the senior people. Yeah. Kind of had a chat round, watched, stayed for the qualifying, but it's my mum's birthday the same day. Yeah. Well, I had to leave. I said, I'm here, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to leave. Mm. Mm. Sorry, mum. Got more important um, things. Got a job interview yeah. with this this restaurant. It wasn't. Sorry, it wasn't. I still did the concert <laughs> in the morning. It was just we had a set meal. We had the dinner. So, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I said, you know, I'm here. So I've got you know, mum's birthday reservation. Blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, you know, nice. We'll contact you. So, you know, mm. and the, the one of the awkward parts is I don't think the whole team from Chet got the memo that I hadn't actually been hired yet, because one of the right. the designer of the R1 he said to me, oh, so will you be at the next round will you be at round three mm. and obviously i looked at the director that for the uk branch mm. obviously because i didn't know how to answer because i hadn't been offered it yet mm. and he said oh um, there's this charlotte and one other that we're considering and i was like okay i don't think they weren't there though it was just me they right. i knew they weren't there i don't know who it is i still mm-hmm. don't know but i know they weren't at the race weekend yeah so I was like, oh, right, okay, like, nice to know, you know, kind of thing. Hmm. So he was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how it goes, and hopefully we'll see you at the next round. So yeah, say goodbye, blah, blah. about no- another week, another well, the following Thursday, so a few days later, mm-hmm. email, I was actually driving home from Cheshire Oaks, Yeah. and my phone lit up. I didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. It lit up. Yeah, yeah, Le- legal home. reasons. It was, yep. it was, I have got a phone holder. Oh, got you. I my maps on it. Yeah. Um, and it popped up. And it stayed on, and it and I read just the first because of traffic lights. Yeah. I read the first few lines, and it said, "You know, thank you for coming to Alston Park. Hope you all had a nice birthday. It's very nice." Oh, um, and then said, "We would like to offer you the job." Hmm. So I'd literally just left my mum and sister as well from Cheshire Oaks, and we just had like a a meal and a bit of shopping. Yeah. So like it was great, like we knew. So like yeah. that was kind of like a congratulations dinner, but we didn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, so I literally phoned my mum, actually literally just, just seen her. Mm. And she was like, are you okay? What's happened? Because obviously I'd just seen her like two minutes ago. Mm. And she's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Blah, blah. So yeah, so that was very exciting. But then I had a bit of time to wait because I think I got it, my mum's birthday is beginning of April. So I got it kind of in the first week in April. Yeah. But I didn't start till the 1st of June. Right. So I still had a bit of time. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got myself ready for the one key thing that I didn't know about on the list of roles so i learned about that mm-hmm. and then starting the first of june mm. got you know met, there's, a, there's a very small team of us there's only like, there's four of us in the uk wow. in the hq here so it's a very very small team yeah, yeah so we work very closely with the with the you know the main hq factory over in czech so yeah. You know, like weekly calls, morning calls, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, they're only an hour ahead, so it's not too bad for meetings. Yeah, so it's right. not. Too bad. Yeah, but we yeah. do we do have a we do have a race team in Australia. So those meetings are either very early or very late. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, but yeah, so no, it was very fun. I I didn't start off in the motorsport role. I started off working with the R ones and mm, helping. Yeah sell the R1s and get drivers in them and getting teams to buy them for, for next season Yeah, and helping to improve on that side of it. Yeah, because yeah. obviously then, this year Praga has obviously made their own their own brand, uh, not their own brand, their own. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll make series because obviously last year there was a few 
um, a YouTuber that I've followed for uh, quite a few years now, which is very weird now I'm speaking to you. You obviously know who I'm going to say. Um, is is Jimmy? Obviously Jimmy yeah. Broadbent. Um, yeah. So that was that 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 was very weird for me. Uh, like a little while ago, when I found out you're working for Prague, and I was like, oh my god, that means she works with. That's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember watching all of his videos last year and seeing like, um, obviously just to how small the Praga was compared to all the yeah. other brake cars. And I went to mm -hmm. uh, Alton Park this year. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I went to Alton oh, Park. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I was. Um, I, well, it, it wasn't. Uh, it was for the um, time attack. Um, yes. Jim, yeah, Jimmy drove in his own. Jimmy drove there, yeah. So obviously we, I, I spoke to a, a few people in the Praga thing, um, and yeah, I was speaking to them about the car, uh, which was mm -hmm. um, which was fascinating to learn about. Obviously, I was I was there with with um, with a couple of people, and yeah, it, it was awesome. You know, there was some fantastic cars. I went on that Mercedes F1, um, which quite uh, it was a proper simulator. Do you know one of those yeah. ride things? That was brilliant. Um, and it it got to the point where I'm I'm such a F1 um what's it nerd that <laughs> I I have a I video I know I I'm I'm a full nerd do you know um yeah do you know what I mean it was on like the back of an HGV and it was all like the high yes yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. I was standing outside it and I was obviously watching you know how it was pitching the corners and, and everything. you were, you knew what track it was I knew, for you I knew what track it yeah. was. And I, I, did, I did, I commentated a lap to the couple of people that I was with of where it was, and it was at Bahrain, and so behold, we went in. Oh, it is Bahrain. Yes, it is. And I was like, God, I'm so sad. You, you, we need to do, you need to do mm. a quiz with my other half, because you know the title sequence beginning of the F1 show? Yes. And they have like, I mean, like split one second shots of a race from 1983. Yeah. He can tell you the year, the car that won that race, where it is, the driver, from like a split second of the yeah. shot. And That's whenever impressive. we go to our, we go to our, we have a pub just down the road that do a quiz every Thursday. Mm -hmm. And if it's ever an F1 question or a racing question, yeah, that's, yeah, that's on it, and I'm just <laughs> like, and he is, he can, he can memorize a fact from, and the most, I mean, like the randomest fact. Mm. There was one on last weekend who, the last time someone got a penalty for the safety car infringement mm. and he knew the year and the driver and the track of that exact penalty before they said it and it was back in 2014 oh my god he is i don't know how he does it we think he's got i think he's got like a photographic memory but only for f1 because if i say something once it just goes over his head yeah but that's that's relationships <laughs> he, he reads an f1 fact once and it's in his head forever and it's yeah. just like so you need to have a yeah quite fun. Uh, I, or you need one of those reaction ones so you can see who did it first. Yes, honestly, yeah. No, no, he, he'd win that. I, I have, I can't think of any, but there are somewhere somebody will say something like, oh, did you know this really obscure fact about this thing and this thing and this thing? And it's... I think you have a very interesting conversation. Well, oh, I, yes. interesting for you two. Maybe we'd get a bit bored after mm. half an hour. That'd be, yeah, that'd be, that'd be class. I, I, I need to come over. I need, I need to come to a pub yeah. or something with you. Yeah, I, yeah, Thursday eight, night, eight o'clock. Fantastic. Are, are, are you still at uh, Tarpley, did you say? Have you, have you moved to... Yeah, just outside now. So yeah. not far. Only 20 minutes from Tarpley. Oh, so we're like even, even closer to Olsen Park now, actually. My God, I didn't think you could get any closer. I, I went, I'll see, when we were, my other half was doing the mini weekend, mm -hmm. and it was at Olsen. Yeah. And it was great to come home on a race weekend. He said it was so weird. 
I bet. He's obviously never ever stayed at home during the race weekend. Yeah. He, it. he took his bag still. He went. He packed his bag and went. Oh, and he's God. like, "What? Well, because the team's based here, everybody else went home. He thought yeah. a few of them were going to stay, but he's like, I wasn't expecting him home. So why all the takeaway? You know, chills. Yeah, yeah. And he phones me going, "On my home, have you got dinner?" I was like, "No. Uh, what? I thought you were staying? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he, he said it was the most weirdest thing getting up and going to the track because okay. he was at home. He yeah, said it's so yeah. weird. So I think I dropped him off one morning because we went out for a meal with everybody and we left his car there. Mm. And we literally got to the gate within one of my best runs ever done in like 13 minutes from here wow. to back. So, yeah. For, le- for legal reasons, obeying all speed limits. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. I was talking on normal road people. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in Praga, what is your... What what are your job titles? Because uh, you said you had um, three different roles, and what are your key responsibilities at the job you're at now? So when I first applied, it was a bit boring. Mm-hmm. It was CRM services, which is basically their computer system of managing inquiries, contacting people. When was someone last contacted? Mm-hmm. Was it email? Was it phone? What did they want? What did we send them? Just yeah. like tracking of any inquiries regarding the R1 or the Cup, basically, yeah. um, trying to help promote it and build relationships with our dealers. So we have three dealers, current, four dealers mm-hmm. currently mm-hmm. that I have, that I talk to on a weekly, twice-weekly basis mm-hmm. um, to make sure they're happy with their cars, any feedback about the cars, because they run the Pragas in series in their countries. Right. So we have Praga Racing Benelux that are based in Belgium. Belgium. They, mm-hmm. have, they, have two, they have two R1s. They raced one last year in the 24 hours as older. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So um, we have one there. We only have two. We have Ricky Capo, who drives an R1 over in Australia. He races that in the Australian prototype series. Wow. And then we have Praga Racing UAE, which is in Dubai, at least. Mm. And they they race over the winter. Obviously, there. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which we, we found interesting because we thought, oh, can we get our cars over there and do race in the summer here mm. and then race in the summer over there? Yeah. So, but with the transport time, it, it would take, by the time we got there, they'd be half through the season and we'd have to bring the cars back half through the season, do back in time for our season. Mm. So it would work if, the, if we could use their car. Yeah. Because we were transport drivers. Mm. So that was kind of in conversation. But yeah, they have, they have one car over there, but it's personally owned at the minute. Right. Got you. So the, the owner doesn't want anybody else to drive it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, expensive car. You don't want to wreck it. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I my job is basically to stay in contact with them, mm-hmm. follow up with any new updates of the cars, uh, anything about homologations or anything like that, because mm-hmm. we're still actually not FA approved. Right. Because of the roll hoop right because of the way the car's designed right. uh, it does now have a type of roll hoop mm-hmm. um and that but there's something else um i don't get into the homologation side of it i do it with the factory yeah. i just pass yeah, them yeah. the options that i get so parts that get tested uh so we've had the car out well the factory had the car testing three days last week and with some new updated parts on Mm-hmm. So obviously they want to make sure that they pass the test before they release them to the yeah. customers. Mm-hmm. So my job is basically relaying any 
updates or information between the dealers and the factory to make sure everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. So that was how it started. Then I went to round four of the Proud Cup and I was just working in hospitality. Um, so didn't really get to see the cars or anybody much. Yeah. But I was still there, you know, and I still enjoyed it and got to meet obviously the drivers and teams and people. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, who was our most manager left and Mark, our director, mm-hmm. knew obviously he'd seen my C V, mm-hmm. knew yeah. what I'd done previously and all my experience. So he asked me if I would manage the cup. Mm. I'd become notable manager for Prague Cup. Wow. So it kind of just fell onto me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got kind of I was a bit stuck um as the person who did previously worked remotely. Right. So I've had, and it wasn't all completely up to date on the system. So I didn't, I sometimes didn't even have drivers' email addresses or anything like that to contact them. So I was, because I think they had it all on their computer. Mm. And because they were the only one contacting them from the UK, there was no reason. Sorry. It's all right. Marley, Marley wants in. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) There was no reason for them to be shared. Yeah. So, but they ne- there was never a handover. Right. So I'm literally getting everybody's details from other people in the company, kind of like, do you have mm. such a body or could you ask this person? And I felt really awkward at one point because I'm kind of like, we should know this. Mm. But it worked out. And uh, so now I deal with basically the organisation behind it. Yeah. So and making sure Bark have our entry list, making sure I have an entry list. Mm-hmm. Added plans, um, so something simple as I didn't even think about this having generators in the paddocks for the yeah. teams because we're in the paddocks at Donington, they don't have supply in the middle of the paddock, it's just all open, isn't it? Like any yeah. other paddock, yeah, 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 so yeah. but because we're the only ones in this part of the paddock, mm. I have to organize, I have to tell Donington that we will need this, this, and this yeah. so that they can have it there. But other other times, we're sharing a paddock with other championships, mm. so it's usually dealt with behind the scenes, and I don't see it. Yeah. Whereas because we're the only series in this part of the paddock, yeah, it's only us that will need that power. Yeah. It's literally things like that, and contacting drivers, organising hospitality, hotels, just just everything to do with the cup. Yeah. And just making sure that drivers know when and where things are happening, sending out the paddock plan to teams, contacting teams about any updates on the cars, working with the words, the shop, <laughs> part, yeah. part, um, make sure everybody's got parts that they need because mm-hmm. one of the teams actually does that for us. So it's very yeah. nice of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just kind of all the general management and running of the cup, making sure drivers have all the tickets they need. I've never been responsible. You know how you go to any kind of British event and you get your paper ticket, yeah. your A4 ticket. I've never had felt like I had so much power when Britcar sent me our allocated number of tickets because I hand them out to every single team and driver. Oh, wow. That is a... I, I had nearly triple digit in tickets in an envelope because I was responsible oh. to... Ha- I so the, so. 
we get given our allocated number of tickets mm-hmm. per car. Mm-hmm. And I have, depending on one team might have four cars, one team might have two cars, one. So depending on how many, I then have to count and assign tickets to each team and driver car. Wow. So I've never had felt like I had so much power in my life I having bet. this watch of tickets. I mean, I know it was only for our series, but it was still still, still fun. That's fun. awesome. Yeah, that's so, yeah, so really entry cool. lists, driver contact information, team contact information, yeah. test days, anything like that. Anything to do with the cup yeah. or the R1 pretty much is me. That is just that is seriously cool. That is that is seriously seriously cool. I've I've I feel like I'm talking to like proper celebrity now. It feels weird to I've known you like before. Like you and Charles like here, team manager, responsible for all this stuff. It's mad. Well, well done. Congratulations. Thank um, you. that is a massive massive achievement. That's really really cool. Okay, we're gonna go on to three goofy questions and then we're gonna end the podcast there because believe it or not, we've been chatting for two hours. Um, it's uh, we, we do this every time, don't we? Every time. Instagram lives till midnight, one o'clock in the oh morning. Oh god, yeah, it was. Oh, I can't that was believe sick. we stayed that late. I can't believe I was able to stay that late. If I think about that now, I think like, oh, it's soon. Yeah, yeah, so fun. Oh, it's so fun. Um, okay, so first question of the three silly questions. Um, what has been the most exciting race you've ever attended or watched? Attended. Mm-hmm. My first race as my own team i bet oh the the thing is that's that's just answered number two for me as well but i'll i'll, I'll let you go up um well and there's, well. there's more to it so i can add to it if oh, you want okay, me to okay yeah, yeah we had a lot of problems with the car mm-hmm. as in genetic is just junior so you have we, practice was this silverstone silverstone yeah yeah so you have practice mm-hmm. practice qualifying race oh, i remember this I re- yeah i remember this i remember you telling so me about this through Hell and back mm-hmm. to get this car to work, mm-hmm. no matter what we did. So we were terrified that we weren't even going to race because yeah. we hadn't even done three laps in qualifying. Mm-hmm. And the kid, bless him, Kieran at the time, we tried so hard to get this car out and we were petrified that they weren't going to let us race because mm-hmm. Kieran had never raced before. So they couldn't even yeah. say, oh, it's okay, he's done Ginetta's before. Mm-hmm. He'd never even done karting before. He'd never even got in that car until that day. He'd mm. never even driven around that circuit until that day. He'd never been on the simulator. So we were petrified they weren't going to let us race. Mm. I had to go to Janetta and say, we've done this, we've done this. It's not because we can't run it. Mm. It's because of these problems that we've been having with the car because we hired the car. Mm. We, it wasn't bought. It was hired out to us. So we were told it was race ready. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. We had all these problems with it, and you know what? I think he obviously started last because we did no qualifying. Yeah, I think it was 18, it's quite a small group of genetics actually. It's about 18, 20 cars. Mm-hmm. And Kieran went out and he drove his little heart out, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely amazing. And we were cheering just after lap three because yeah. it actually did laps. We we're like, he's come back round, it's kept yeah. going. <laughs> we're just so excited that it carried on. I remember and watching it on the telly, and I, I was sending you videos. Yeah, I was like, oh videos. my god.
out yeah. of 20. Yeah. That, that's good. Because he had never driven a car before, never driven yeah. a car, never driven, we were like amazing. And he was yeah. proper fighting, you know, he had some good fights on his hands. Mm. I think he got spun out, but we didn't care. Mm. He just carried on. Mm. And we were cheering on that pit wall as if we'd won the thing. Mm. And we were just like, yeah, like hugging each other. I was like nearly crying. I thought, oh. no. <laughs> well, don't cry, just hold it. And then he came in. And Kieran blessed him, as I said, no karting, no simulator, never driven a race car. He was 16, mm. never, didn't even know the layout, Silverstone, nothing. There's mm. no experience as you get. Yeah. And yeah. he just wanted to be a racing driver, as most of us do. That's why he's a mechanic. Yeah. He was actually a mechanic from a previous team that I worked with, and he was the youngest oh, yeah. one I could find. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, I know you want to be a racing driver. If I can get it funded for you, Will you drive for us? And obviously, he said yes. I was going to say so, that. That is, got, the, that is the thing that every driver wants to hear. If oh, we yeah. it for you, do you want to be a driver? He did his hard test the mm. week before we went. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that as well. I said, you better pass this hard yeah, test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we that we got the slot because it was right in the middle of the season. So, anyway, we'll cut mm. a short line. And he got out of that car after the race, first race, and we were just buzzing that we'd fix whatever it was. Well, I know what it was. We'd fixed the yeah. car. We'd been through every problem and back. Mm. We'd done it. We were all students. We had every odd against us. Mm. And we did it. And he went out. He finished the race. And he came over to me after the race. Because obviously at Silverstone, they don't mm. close the entire yeah. holding because they can't. Mm. And we were stood there. And he got out. And he had this oversized race suit on because he didn't have one because it wasn't his. Yep. He had this humongous race suit on, this mm. giant helmet. Yep. And every odd bit of batch you could get pulled out, mix and match, helmet, gloves. <laughs> and he came over and he left his helmet on. And I'm thinking, that's weird. Thinking something would happen. Mm. And he came over and he just hugged me. And he whispered to me. Mm-hmm. This is still gets this is the best thing ever for my life. Yeah, yeah. Me, and I was like, I had to turn away. And he said yeah, to me, yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. You just made my dream come true. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going now. Right, walk away. Yeah. And I, yeah, can't describe that. Like I, making I, a 16 year old, mm-hmm. everything we've been through, because I know he was so annoyed that we couldn't get the car working. Yeah. So, see, his parents always put some money towards it. He's like, I'm yeah. not getting Christmas birthday presents for like 10 years now you do realize yeah, that yeah 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 <laughs> I, I remember you time, telling me that every time the car came back and it didn't work he obviously was very upset very angry so the fact that he could then say that to me was yeah. just yeah absolutely amazing you, you you feel like a different you feel like you have a different status when when you're racing driver in a team I, I can't explain like, I remember when I was um when I tested at the start of the year um I was Again, that was a dream come true for me because it was mm. people saw me as a racing driver. People didn't see me as like someone inside. You know, I was the one getting in the car. I was the one driving. People were looking at me with my race suit on, and I was looking around. And I was like, "My oh God, this is you know, cool. it is, it is. It was so cool. I, I, I need to get in a car again. I, I miss yeah. it so I, much. I have that like walking into. I've been team manager uh, mm. a few times for a few teams, mm. and done day training and that. Mm. I pretty much done every role in a, in a, in a motorsport team <laughs> and you know the one place you can't go no matter what you are unless mm. you're official mm. is scrutineering and yeah. that power that I now have at a private weekend oh. of being able to walk up to that scrutineering gate and go excuse me driver excuse me team excuse me, and walk in. I tell you what 
it's another it, thing. It goes to your head. It goes to your head. It's like, <laughs> oh, let's go. I got this power now. <laughs> I don't do anything. I just go and watch them, make sure they're not cheating. You know, yes, as yes. Yes, I mean, that's good in job, obviously, but it's mm. nice that they're like, oh, Charlotte, come here. And I'm like, oh, that's me. So you know, cool. and, and I'm like, oh, that's me. I get to go in. Ha <laughs> bye. <laughs> no, and yeah. it's just like, how, because then I just think, how did this happen? You know, yeah. it just kind of, yeah. And, yeah, it's just like, if I tell people to do, mm. I do, it's the same as a team, obviously, a team manager. If yeah. I tell them to do something, they do it. Not yeah. as bossy as that, but, yeah. you know, we have a plan. This is the plan. Please mm. now do it. Apply yeah. um, <laughs> it. Yeah. Whereas, I was just over my team. This mm. is now over four teams, mm. 20 drivers that I can now WhatsApp in a group and go, I need such a driver here now. And they come. That's so sick. I know. And it was just like, and the fact that when you do it, because it's like those, when you're in a championship, they, they all communicate now via WhatsApp groups. Yeah. But they do it so that none of the drivers, none of the team managers can type in it. Because obviously you'd end up having, you could imagine. Yeah. So only admin can type in it. Because mm. obviously people that say everybody's holding such a driver to race control, such a car number, come here, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was in the Brit Car Trophy. I was already in the Praga Cup group when I started at round four. Mm. And then I was on the phone to Claire, head of, you know, who owns Brit Car. Yeah. And after I took over motorsport manager for the Cup, I said to her, you know, about, I'd been accidentally removed from the Brit Car Trophy group, which I was still running. I'm still running Paul in, in the Brit Car Trophy as well. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I'm not sure if this is an accident. I said, but I've I've been kicked out of the group and I kind of still need to be in it. Mm. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, deeply apologised. She's like, I was going through it and removing numbers that weren't in it anymore, or, you know, mm. people that had said they were going to do it and haven't. Mm. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And then she's, oh, shall I make you a, a... um? No, she said, she was asking me to pass on a message to drivers and teams. And she said, would you put it in the group? Mm. And I said, I can't, I'm not an admin in, in the Praga Cup group. Mm-hmm. She went, oh, I'll change it now for you and, and changed it. So the, wow. one minute you're in a group and you can't do anything. Yeah. And the next minute I'm there like, car number such a boy, come here. Driver such a body, come here, you know. Yeah. You don't think about it when I do it. I just kind of do it. I'm like, this is my job now. I just get on with it. Yeah. And I think really after the race, race weekend, you kind of sit back and just like. I've just done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my God. Well, you, you've already answered question two there, which is what is the proudest yeah. moment that will stick with your life? I think you've you've happily just covered that there. Yeah, um, but I, I was going to ask a question about your future, but I've realised mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because uh, life is, as I've learned this year, my God, life is so unpredictable. So you say one thing, yeah. something else oh, will yeah. happen. Um, you told me I was doing this five years ago, I would have said mm. you were crazy. If, if you told me I was going to drive a like, Janetta twice this year and spin it and have a little bit of damage, but I, of course oh, you do. Yeah, it was um, <laughs> final final corner at uh, National Donington um, because uh, I've, I've never really, well, I've never driven a rear wheel driving anger before. So mm. Alex Toth Jones, who was my driver coach, was telling me, right, you need to lift off your brakes to turn. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not slow enough yet. I'm not slow enough. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So we just went like, we went like straight on over the gravel and we like grazed the side on oh, the yeah. tie barrier. So it was all right. Um, it's quite expensive, but no, it was it, it was it was brilliant. Um, I think it's expensive. Mm, oh, don't I um I, I did. <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't my fault because I I'd never again really driven a Ginetta before, 
but I was um, on my fastest lap of the day. Um, I, well, it was my final lap of the day. Um, oh. I was going down at Crony Curves. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Crony yeah. yeah. Down there, I was, when we looked at the data, that was like, that was perfect. And this was like, like this is my first yeah. day. Okay, I can do this. And then coming, um, you know, the lap was really, really good. You know, it was going really well. And then coming onto the back straight, um, you know, I've still got all the footage um, of, of me doing it. And I keep watching, I keep looking at the data and I'm going, oh, God, so cool. But going on the back straight, I'm trying to shift up, um, you know, clutching out. <laughs> you know, it, it won't go in a gear. And I'm like, shit, you know, what you know, what have I done? What have I done? Um, and the problem was, is I, th- I think I've blown the clutch of the gearbox because whenever, whenever I was revving down, I wasn't letting the revs drop. So I was just kind yeah. of, I was over revving yeah, the engine. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't like that. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. But you know, it's all part of the learning experience, isn't it? But um, that was, I think, my first lap. I can't remember what my laps were. I'll have to get a look at the data. But I was, I think, I was, I was, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I was, I was, I might have been. No, I was. I think two tenths faster than Steve on his fastest lap of the day. Um, on the on the lap, I think it was. Um, that the gearbox blew up. So I would have been faster and that that kind of like blew my mind i was they like they all say that. no 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 i know and, and i was like yeah yeah it can't be true it can't be true. that's why the gearbox blew it's like no 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 you're not having this you're not having this um but yeah that was that was brilliant um but yeah i've done so much this year that i never even thought i'd be able to do um in exactly. this year. like every year it just builds and builds and builds and it's just getting better and i'm like let's go let's go it's sick um next year i want to do in fact i don't know i don't know if, can you do race other race weekends in series now or are you yeah yeah, yeah. you can because i'm seriously eyeing up 24 of silverstone in the c1s so we're doing that i've done that for the last two years do you need another driver <laughs> have you got the budget <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm greek you know the answer um, <laughs> that's that fine. We can it out then. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, I come as a mechanic. I come as a mechanic. Um, that's but yeah, that'll yeah. be. I'm I'm really eyeing up that. That'll be sick. It was, is good fun. I've done it two years in a row. Mm. It's good fun. Because I'm I'm thinking of asking. That's no idea. Because that is a big event, isn't it? So that means I'll be able to. There, there was a few things with like Greek sponsors and stuff that I was kind of mm. thinking, but I didn't know really where to go. Because I'm like, oh well, I need this much budget. But obviously you can't fund it all. So I'm kind of like, and I, re- I realise now I need like a clause in the contract which says if I don't get this amount of money, then mm. you just get it back. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's what I need to do with the, with the clause and stuff like well, that. And I, I, know, I know what the team I was working with is. Mm. And so we can talk privately afterwards. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and also, you know me, and you'll know, and everybody's friendly. So I do exactly, exactly. And and, and my dad will be there. Legend. Oh, I still need to meet him. I still need to meet him. <laughs> class. That'll be class. Um, so um, yeah, we'll sort that out. Oh, Charlotte, you you're brilliant. You. <laughs> um. Okay. So final question, and it is a yeah. big one big one especially for us for us petrol heads i ask all the guests this you get one car around any track from history so any car and any track combination and any driver alongside you as in either giving you advice or driving you what are you taking i have more chance if they were driving than me driving yeah yeah (laughs) um far Mm -hmm. very good Mm -hmm. choice 
Yeah, I want to say a single seater, but I couldn't be a passenger then. Just uh, it, let's hypothetically pretend that you can be. Yeah, yeah. You you can experience be what they were driving. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Senna. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. in, um, in, in what car? What year? The famous one. Obviously, the famous one. The car. The car. The sort of car. What else? <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a that is a pretty car. Oh, do you know what? Just to spice it up, I'd probably say it like wet wet weather as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh, the rouge in the wet. Yeah. Oh yes, with Senna, that'd be class. That'd be brilliant. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, that is we we've been podcasting for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> my laptop's dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Charlotte, it has been a pleasure as always. It's um, been so nice to talk to you again, and um, I hope everyone has enjoyed this podcast. Um, yeah, I know. Another bit. Let's start another bit. What bit of advice would you, uh, general life advice or specific life advice? What would you give for people listening who were, were like us once, where we were really wanting to aspire to do something for us? Obviously, it was racing, and now both of us have got to points that we never thought we'd ever get there. So, what what advice would you would would you give the listeners? No matter how small a job feels or opportunity feels, just do it. If it's in what you want to do, because you never know who you'll meet in that opportunity mm. or who you'll speak to. Or what you'll do, or where you'll go. Yeah. But even if it's, in our case, washing wheels, but with a Porsche team, mm -hmm. you don't know. You might think, oh, I'm just washing wheels. I'm not actually doing anything. But you're still there. Mm. You're still people are seeing you, mm. and you're learning because you're watching whilst you're doing other things. Yeah. So that's the same in anything. You you watch and you learn, even if you're there to do the smallest of jobs. That job wouldn't be there if it didn't need doing. Yeah, exactly. The fact that you're there doing it and you're not moaning about it, big one. Yeah. You don't moan yeah. about it and you just take, even if it's a small, if it's just one weekend, mm. your name will then be in their head when I think, oh, we need someone this weekend. Let's grab Alex. Mm. Oh, we need someone this weekend. They helped last time. Let's get them. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah. I'm the prime example of it. In fact, you and me are both prime examples of this. Very yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, when I obviously went down to Snetterton with, um, with the Genetics Uni team, um, I went there literally not to race, not to test, not to help, literally just to go down and have an experience there. And obviously I met Charlotte out of that. And obviously look, look where me and Charlotte have both got now. Um, yeah. so yeah, that is, that it's is huge. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember getting up. I was up before anyone else. I think I was, I was up here yeah. before you. I only turned up as the smartest person I've ever seen. And I looked yeah. and I said, I went, are you really supposed to be here to do work experience? He's like, the nicest jeans, a nice shirt, nice I know. Oh, I don't think this is going to go down very well. So you have to get your hands dirty. I know, I know. I, I had to make an impression. I had to make an impression. I had to wear like a suit, like, not, not a suit, but a really nice button shirt, nice, nice button jeans. jeans. Shirt. Like, they're not going to last long around here. No, no. <laughs> oh, well, it has been a pleasure, Charlotte. Thank you very much uh, for joining me. On, and thank you for relaxing with Rizzoli. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Charlotte Ford, uh, where can where can they find you, social medias, and where can they next see you um, on on track, maybe? Uh, round five, we have the round five. Round six mm -hmm. of the Praga Cup, which is at Dyington Park on the 22nd and 23rd of October. So not long to go, and it will be the deciding weekend because the top four mathematically 
could win. Wow. Oh, um, that, that's already sold it for me. Already the sold overall, it for me. The overall team prize is a Praga R1. Oh, so, oh damn. Wow. My God, that so is a very good prize. Everything mm. up to grabs. Oh my so God. expect it to be very tense. Yes. And very close racing. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this uh, very funny podcast with Charlotte. It, it's, it's not funny when I'm in it on my own, but it is when someone else is there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening um, and watching, if you have, uh, on Spotify and iTunes and all the rest of it. And yeah, give Charlotte a follow, give Pragra a follow. And if you've never seen these cars before, go and watch them because they're the best. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And uh, Everesto, que Bye. Give a wave. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.